0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Hello there. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Callen, Sam, Pete is brought to you by Gotham Sports Network, a new great place for New York sports blog and opinion. The guys are doing everything there—all New York sports and pop culture. Some great entries every day, so go check it out. Go to GothamSN.com. That's GothamSN.com, and go see what these guys have going on. Gotham Sports Network, all New York, all the time. Alright, time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete.
2: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen.
3: <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Go ahead.
0: Challenge
3: him. Challenge him. Come on!
0: Franks and beans. Scoop of chocolate, scoop of vanilla. Don't waste my time. I strenuously object. Is that how it works? Hey, Willie! Ow! Willie! Ow! Ow. Give my creation. Talk Podcast, episode number
1: two hundred and fifty. Somehow, hi, welcome to the program. I am Steve San Pietro, one of your hosts for the podcast. Welcome. We have got a ton to talk about tonight. We're going to have Joe Caparoso from TurnOnTheJets dot com joining us. Our old friend. I think it's his seventh appearance on the program. He's going to talk about the Jets' Bills, who play tomorrow night in a huge AFC East matchup. And then, we're going to be joined by our old friend, Giant fan extraordinaire, Kevin James Patrick McWalters, better known as K-Mac. My oldest and longest standing friend. He uh, hasn't written about the Giants yet, but he should start soon, because he's really, really good. So he's going to join us to talk about the Giants and the Patriots. So... Radio to Unload New York Sports Talk Podcast. Episode number 250. It is Wednesday night, it is 9 30 p.m. It is time for Radio to Unload. Coming to you live from Comac, New York, eventually. Freehold, New Jersey, eventually. And Newtown, Pennsylvania. Alright. Hi, episode number two hundred and fifty. Holy mackerel. I feel like that is a lot of episodes. Hi, welcome to the program. I am the aforementioned Sam Pete, and this is Ready to Unload with Callum Sam Pete, a New York sports talk podcast where we talk about, um, well, New York sports. And we have been for almost six years now. It'll be six years very soon. Um, so uh, thanks for joining us. This is the streaming recorded version of the podcast. So we're we're streaming and recording tonight. And then it goes up on iTunes uh, tomorrow morning, so you can check that out. Later on in the program, we're going to talk New York sports for a good hour, hour 20, whatever comes up. Lots of stuff we can talk about. And then um, we will likely uh, have what we call the fun load with our third man in, the bishop, or bishop, depending on if you're addressing him directly, um, where we talk about whatever uh, we feel like. Uh, Tonight, it might have something to do with gambling, considering FanDuel and and DraftKings and everything that's going on there. I also have a question to pose uh, to Bishop. He's like a pop culture guy. So that's how we play. That's what we do. That's what we've been doing. And um, so thank you for joining us. If you're joining us live, if you're listening to the podcast uh, over the weekend, uh, hey, get another lap in or something. Do another mile. Um, We're waiting on, says the guy who hasn't run 5K sum total in his life um i have a buddy who's now a great he used to be on the program a lot dr Ray stat our buddy evan um who um is is like a runner now he's always running he does like 5k's and marathons and all this stuff and um that is the sum total of all i have run 26.2 miles whatever it is um I am flying solo for the moment as we're having some technical difficulties, as we always do with Blog Talk Radio. Um, we've been with them for almost six years as well, and um, it's always something with these guys. But um, hopefully Cal and uh, and PJ will be joining us soon. We are going to be joined by Joe Caparoso, who should have no problem calling into the program, to talk about the Jets and the Bills. I, I think it's been a weird... Few weeks for Cal and I coming out of the World Series uh, and the Mets' loss, of course. And it's about a week and a half. We're right into the GM meetings with baseball. So and and the Mets just seem content to shake hands and accept congratulations at the GM meetings, while other teams are actually beginning to work to improve themselves. But we are sort of in this like post-Mets World Series haze slash funk. Case? Hayes Punk. Um, where we hadn't really paid much attention. We've been paying attention to the Jets and the Giants and the Islanders and the Rangers and, and even the Knicks, but not really, not in earnest. So I know Cal texted me on Sunday morning. We were texting back and forth and um, said, yeah, I can't wait to watch the Jet game today. It's going to be kind of the first Jet game I watch in earnest this year. I watched the Jets-Pats game, sure, but... I'm really interested in watching this Jets team today uh, against the Jaguars. And I, I agreed. I've been watching the Jets. I've been in it, but my heart um, was so into uh, the the Mets that it was very difficult to get into the Jets in full. I've been paying attention. But, um, and then, of course, we got that game against the Jags, which was not – I mean, a win's a win, a win is a win in the NFL. A win's a win's a win. But uh, it was nothing to write home about, certainly. And so, uh, and of course, the, the Jets are completely banged up, coming into this short week against our old friend Rex Ryan and the Bills. Um, so that's a huge Thursday night game tomorrow night. That's why we wanted to have our old friend Joe on, um, who, for my money and everybody else's, runs the best Jets website. There is, turnonthejets.com. Um I believe the Bishop is is here. I believe he's here. Um and so I believe he's joined us.
4: This is that was, simply
1: This this is simply what? Please God,
4: tell me that you can hear me right now.
1: I I can hear you. I will say you're you're a little low and it sounds an awful lot like last week.
4: Okay. That's because it's coming through Safari. Um, I'll be I'll be back.
1: <laughs> okay, I'll be uh, back. I'll I'll await that uh, with uh, fervent breath. I don't know what that means. Um, anyway, Joe Cap is going to join us in a couple of minutes, and then our buddy Kevin McWalters, or otherwise known as K Mac, is going to join us to talk about the Giants and the Bills. And, and so it's weird to start getting back into the NFL. And by weird, I mean. I've been paying, I think, closer attention to my fantasy team than I have the Jets. And fantasy is, of course, the topic of the day, considering the uh, injunction that was put on FanDuel uh, here in the state of New York and DraftKings. Um, And I don't do any of the daily uh, fantasy sports stuff. Uh, We're going to talk about that later in the show. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit with Joe, because he started writing a little bit about it for Maxim and stuff. I'm wondering where he stands on this injunction. But um, watching the Jets... Uh, this past weekend and now being able to turn a critical eye towards them and really sort of go all in. And then the Islanders I haven't been able to go all in on either. I have a major problem with that team. We'll get to that another time. Tonight's not a night for that. But um, major problem with the Isles right now because they're basically trotting out the same guy. Trotting? You don't trot out. You skate out. They basically are skating out the same team that they had last year and they're sending Ryan Strom down and there's so many confusing things going on it hurts my head. So, We'll talk about the Isles another time. In fact, I watched last night, again, in earnest. I think the title of the show early on is going to be In Earnest with Cal and Sam um, Or just Sam since we can't seem to get Cal on. But um, I, it, it was interesting and somewhat revealing to watch the Jets for the first time this week without the, the Mets and the World Series and the run they were making and just be... Focused on them um, And I, I saw a lot So I want to talk about that And we're going to welcome in Just the guy to talk about it. Joey, Joey. He is The managing editor and founder Of com. He also is doing stuff at the Whistle. He's in charge of like media and and and, and everything at the Whistle. And uh, he's been on the show a ton of times. He is Joe Cabarroso of Turn on the Jets. Hi, Joe.
2: Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. It's been far too long since I've heard that intro music.
1: It it has, and you can blame the Mets, my friend. <laughs> you can because the Mets, the Mets, and my move to Newtown, Pennsylvania. Um,
2: bright, the bright lights of Newtown.
1: Yeah, that's it. It's a hot town, Joe. It's there's a lot going on here um in a very quiet suburban way. So uh right. well, there, yeah, there, there's nothing going on here. It's it's actually quite nice. Um <laughs> no, it's it's good to have you back, buddy. We're we're having some uh, tech problems cuz it wouldn't be blog talk radio without them. Um with uh Cal. So he's going to join on a uh, jump on the call. Also Cal is having uh, uh I I believe uh, 11-year-old daughter homework problems um so I, I, believe, I believe you're working on it. common core joe common core not a, not a fan
2: <laughs> um fortunately well, that's something well, that i have to concern myself with for a few you years
1: you got years brother you got years yeah. um speaking of which you're you know you've been married for a little while now how's that going everything uh it, it's cracked up to be what's going on everything good with you and uh, the missus
2: it's going well she's uh Watching me walk around the apartment, uh, do this podcast right now, and she's still smiling when she hears me ranting about the Jets in our tiny apartment here in uh, Manhattan. So she hasn't left yet. So we're only six months in, so that's good.
1: And this is the first uh, football season married, right? Because you guys got married in, uh, over Memorial Day. Yes,
2: yeah, uh, we made sure to get married in May and have our honeymoon shortly thereafter, so I wouldn't be missing any critical uh, junctures of this football team season that I've been following my 28 years on this planet. Right, and she's
1: she's like she's. I mean, she's. I don't. I want to. Does she watch the games with you, Joe? Is she is she at that level, or is it just you have Sunday and go do your thing? I know she likes football and everything. I'm just. I'm asking where you guys she's are
2: coming. She's coming around a little bit. She's watched more this year than she has in, in recent years. Obviously, them being better. Hopes position right. on the game is improved. It's rude slightly, so she's getting better, baby steps. And I think, you know, five, six, seven, eight years from now when we have seven sons who all play football, she'll be much more (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that's going
1: to, you know what, that's going to be a podcast for another time because I listen to, you know, I have the two boys or whatever, and and Wes is getting, um, the older guy is getting towards football age. I mean, he's still only, he's going to be five or whatever. But he sees some of his friends playing flag and some of you know, and, and the peewee stuff in Newtown, because I'm in Pennsylvania, uh, like starts like next year. And, I you know, it it's going to be a decision. It really is going to be a very difficult decision for me. Um, you know, whether he, whether I quote unquote, let him play football or start him that early or whatever. Um, that's a, I know that's another show, but it's uh it it definitely gets interesting like it's easy to say it now when they're an abstract thought but when they're, ab- <laughs> they're actual people in front thought. of you yeah <laughs> and uh, i mean i got him playing hockey he started playing ice hockey a little bit cuz he he got real into the islanders and stuff and um and even that like holy cow like just even seeing him out there and he's not even hitting anybody yet his little brother is little brother is hip checking him checking him in the living room so. he's, the one,
2: he's the one for the checking one. Oh he's
1: well I told you my, my one buddy's nickname for uh my younger guy is Klecko. He just calls him Klecko. <laughs>
4: there
1: he goes, you go. He goes, that little bag of cement is a complete nose tackle. Just look at him. Just look <laughs> at him. Um Joe, uh it it is it is great to have you back buddy. And uh and to to talk about this, the Jets come in at five and three. I made a list uh and I know Cal did too. He's still having uh homework problems. Um, But I I made a list of things I really want to get to because I know we only have you for a few minutes tonight. So I'm going to be uh, for a rare occasion when we have you on uh, less meandering than I've already been. Um, I want to start right off the bat with this team at the halfway point at five and three before we get to the matchups and wrecks and and the Bills, and and how huge of a game this is! What a swing game this is for their season! It really is. Um, uh, yeah, this, this is what occurred That's to cool. me, and I wanted I wanted to get your take on this. The, the, them at five and three, the Jets at five and three this season under a new head coach. If you go back to Rex's first year, the comparison is so stark in terms of like who these guys are. The, the team that they're building, right? Like, it's it's unbelievably night and day. It feels like Mangini's first
4: year,
2: right? Well, I, I hope so, because that team ended up going up 10-6 and, and making <laughs> the playoffs. And I think they'd have a more favorable first-round matchup this year than they did back then. But, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a while since they've been 5-3 and three at the halfway point, even in... I mean, obviously, Rex's first year. I think they were four and four at the halfway point. And then they had the 2010 year when I think they probably were, you know, six and two. But but since then, you know, once we hit this point in the season last year, they were one and seven halfway through the year. You know, the year before, I think they were three and five or four and four. The year before that, you know, three and five or two and six. So it's good to be five and three and playing an important football game in November.
1: Yeah, and I feel like the the other thing that's really struck me is about Bulls specifically. And the feel around the team, like Rex's first year was nuts, was nuts with, you know, the proclamations and the meeting of president. And we loved it at the time because we had just come from Mangini, who was
3: you know, quiet
1: and buttoned down and, 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 and it was great. And now we're back to Bowles, who's quiet and buttoned down and really seems to have a locker. Like I watch his press conferences, Joe. I'm like, oh, what a relief. Like this is a delight, Like, just, you know, like, I never thought we would be so excited to have a button-down, sort of no-nonsense coach again. And I'm ecstatic.
2: Yeah, it's been a refreshing and needed sort of fresh breath of air. This is usually how it works with a lot of organizations, and the Jets are no different. You sort of bounce between the disciplinarian to the more maybe outspoken uh, guy. I think you've seen that. They went from Grove to Herm Edwards. To Mangini, right. Rex, and now to Bowles, who I think and I hope could sort of be the proper middle ground between all those guys. I mean, Bowles yeah. is very commonly still referred to as a player's coach, but maybe not in the vein of Rex Ryan in that he's everyone's best friend. He's a player's coach, but could still have some discipline over his team and also bring some of the respect that comes with being a guy who played and succeeded in the NFL as a player, which is you know, an element that Herm Edwards had. So he seems to, I think, I think with me he wrote an article about this, he does have little pieces of all the other previous four or five chess yep. coaches that at various times have had success. there. the former player like Herm Edwards, the player's coach like Rex, and then sort of the discipline and accountability that you got from Manjie.
1: That's a great call. He does, he, he definitely is, and, and accountability. I mean, that's that's a huge word that we heard a ton of once Rex was gone. Um, And it's one thing to be a player's coach. It's one thing. It's another thing to have zero accountability for whatever you do in your actions. So I think he is, he is marrying a bunch of those really well, really quick, Joe uh, from a coaching standpoint, right? One of our biggest complaints with Rex was in game adjustments. Uh, How have you found bulls to be so far as an in game coach? Like, halftime adjustments, game planning? What have you What have you seen that you've liked? Because I've seen some things I've liked.
2: I, I think on the whole, it's been really positive and encouraging for a first-year coach. I think there's been some hiccups in recent weeks. I, I think some of the decision-making towards the end of the past, there's been some rough patches, and those are to need to be things that he learns from and that you hope that he doesn't make things take over and over again as we get into year two, year three, year four. But... This team has been terrific in the third quarter, which is, you know, very refreshing from what we saw in recent years. And they finished second-half team, which is something that they've struggled with recently. So to see them be able to go in the locker room at halftime, come out, tweak whatever their initial game plan right. was, and then sort of pull away from teams. We saw them do this against Cleveland. We saw them do it against Washington. Uh, you know, they were comfortably ahead on Jackson until they let it that late touch, that touchdown. But they really... Haven't been getting outplayed in the second half, outside of when they laid that egg in Oakland. Even in that game, I think they outscored Oakland in the second half. So it's been good to see them, you know, adjust and find ways to adapt on the fly with how the game is going.
1: Yeah, I totally, I totally agree, Joe. I think the the clock management hiccup aside in the in the Patriot game, um, you know, being conservative at the end of halves, and and I get some of it, uh, but overall. As you're watching the game, you feel it unfoldingly a little unfolding a little differently than it has over the last you know four or five years, where all right they're not doing this well, they're not doing that well they're you know they're 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 picking apart this part of the defense you have some sort of feeling that it's gonna get changed or at least addressed at the half, and they're gonna make an honest effort and i and I think Chan galley's done a really good job uh in terms of in game you know taking what's given uh for the most part and i haven't it's odd joe i don't know what to do with myself cuz i'm not constantly questioning the play calling <laughs> like i'm ron burgundy what like what do you mean i can't question the offensive coordinator's play calling what
2: it's been uh it's been a good i mean it's been a good start for daly and i think what's been nice is that you know, even though the run game has a little bit the past few weeks, and I think a lot of that has to do with some of the offensive line issues And Nick Mangold's been banged up, they've added right. in some new different creative wrinkles on a week-to-week basis. They're so doing a good job of having Fitzpatrick get rid of the ball really quickly. An underrated thing that's been huge this year that, you know, we kind of take for granted is the decision to make Eric Decker a slot receiver. I mean, they didn't have to do that. Right. He wasn't a slot receiver last year. And yeah. they looked at their personnel and said, hey, this guy's really thriving to you. Let's put him in the slot and just pepper him with targets, and he's, you know, really been producing. He leads the team with six touchdowns, letting Brandon Marshall work outside the numbers where he's been able to get favorable matchups, and, and vice versa for Decker being a guys like that. So that has really been a successful decision. And, you know, they got creative. They, they were using a new uh, early in the year as an h back, where, yeah, he wasn't doing much as a receiver, but as a blocker, he was valuable. And you've seen how they've missed him the past three, four games when trying to run football. And they've been able to quickly integrate new parts. I mean, they find Ken Bell Thompson this season. He has four catches each of the last two weeks. Had a huge one down team last week. So yeah.
0: you know, credit to Kelly
2: for really building the offense around funneling the ball to the team's top playmakers, which are Marshall Decker and Ivory.
1: Yeah, and and man, Decker, how good is Decker? I mean, you you've been on this program a number of times in the last few years. You and I have talked. It's it just how good is Decker? It's so. Ah, vindication is so sweet sometimes. <laughs> because because and, uh, the whole uh, one number one receiver nonsense and all that stuff, the guy's just a good receiver. And when an offensive coordinator knows how to use him, it's, ah, it's such a trick. I mean, of course, Marshall having Marshall on the outside helps. And being able to put Marshall in, as you just said, you were calling this from the day they traded for Marshall, the day they traded for him. For him. You were calling, oh, great, now we can finally use Decker the right way you know, but like, there's no one or two, whatever, just get the targets to the guy who can get open on a particular matchup. If he's a matchup nightmare uh, for the outside guys, which Marshall sometimes is because of his size and speed, Decker's going to draw a guy inside that he can beat because he's a great route runner. Ah, I, so nice.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Um, he's, Been a good player. He produced last year. He was not an optimal situation. He was banged up and dealing with the Jets' offense last year. It's almost at a thousand yards, and now this year, we're really seeing him take off. Yeah,
1: totally. All right, I want to get to this game, Um, because it. it, it, I I view it. uh, Joe is like a huge swing game in their season, right? So it's game nine. It's the first time they're playing the Bills. It's in the division. It's on. You know, three days rest. Um, You know, it's like a pitcher in the World Series. God, when are they going to stop with Thursday night games? I mean. It's insane. just not um but uh one <laughs> here's where I want to start. I wrote this down because I and I was actually laughing as I wrote it. <laughs> Go back to when the Jets, uh, under Rex used to face a quarterback like Fitzgerald, like Fitzie. I mean uh Fitzpatrick, when Rex was the head coach. You never feared this quarterback ever. Right? Like this was a game we would look at on the schedule and be like, Oh, we'll be okay. Like, we'll be able to stop them. Like, will we be able to score enough to beat them? Because we'll be able to stop them. Do you think that that carries over right now?
2: It's definitely concerning because Rex had a couple of really good games against the Gailey and Fitzpatrick combination. Obviously, the first one that jumps to mind is the season opener back in 2012 in MetLife. So he's not, you know, scoring, scheming against them. Obviously, what you have to hope for is that now that Fitzpatrick as Marshall, has Decker, has right. Ivory. Um that will help him with his performance. I mean he played well. He's been the best version of Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Hope so far through the first eight games and that's better than what he was playing at, you know, in two thousand twelve when he was throwing to, you know, Stevie Johnson and David Nelson and didn't have a running back uh really like Ivory, although you know he was kind of working with the spiller and Jackson rotation. But this probably again trends to being a lower scoring game. I I think Tyrod Taylor is an explosive runner, but I think he could be inconsistent
5: Uh, when you put
2: him in second and long, when you put him in third and long. The key to slowing down Buffalo is just stop the run. Their entire offense, Greg Roman's offense is built around running the football and everything working off that read option, getting Taylor outside the pocket and picking up chunks of yards that way. So if the Jets who have the number one run defense in the NFL could stop the run, they'll probably be able to force a turnover or two from Taylor, which should help their offense and, they're going to have to continue to try to find a way to run the football because the Bills, despite their talent, have not been very good or consistent against the run this year. Uh, we saw T.J. Yeldon gash them in, Jackson, you know, in London a couple weeks ago and right. kind of in the middle of the pack against the run. So Mangold is supposed to play, which yep. obviously helps center position and helps out Brian Winters, who will now be starting to Lily Colon, who's out for the rest of the year, yep. to try to find a way to run the football.
1: I yeah, I and that was that led me to my next question and um uh, quite perfectly. Um and that was mangled. I mean I've watched this team the last few games and, and their struggles struggles in running the ball and, and some of it has seemed to be missed assignment, other has seemed to be maybe Ivory not running with the burst he had uh initially, although he's gotten stronger in these games. I, I you know, I, I think he looked diminished in the Patriots game. I didn't think he has since then. I think uh it's been a combination of the offensive line getting physically dominated, um, or missing assignments or you know, how many blown assignments have you seen, Joe? It seems like there's been a number of guys in the backfield on on given plays or maybe you know, maybe Ivory has a yard or two where he's trying to pick his way and and there's really there really hasn't been anything there. It's not like he's missing holes.
2: Yeah, I mean, they've had some serious issues over home, particularly the last two games. I think definitely against New England. He, he tweaked his hamstring on the first play and was not 100%. But, but, you know, last week he was getting the ball and just getting hit immediately. And it was, you know, it was Wesley Johnson, it was Brian Winners, it was guys like Kellen Davis and even, you know, right. and you know, sort of missing blocks and missing assignments. And Jacksonville was just nine guys in the box. And the Jets tried to, you know, come out and do a lot of the heavy set last week where they were bringing in uh, an extra tackle and playing him as a tight end, and Jacksonville was just putting eight nine guys in the box and right. getting people through on blocks. So I think the Jets will probably have to look at going back to more of a spread attack, getting Ivory more space that way, and just being more sound on executing their assignments and trying to run behind James Carpenter and Nick Mangold and get Ivory going on early downs to set up, you know, second and six and second and five.
1: Right, and and
2: that that that's a
1: uh, an excellent. Uh, way to go to my next question, which is, especially, um, um, you know, considering how well we know Rex, right? So I was going to ask you, uh, I, and in fact, I am going to ask you, forget about going Um we know Rex better than anyone, right? We've been watching Rex for six years. We've been watching his defenses for six years. And that's exactly what I was going to ask you. Like, do you spread him? Up? I noticed a lot of the heavy last week. I noticed eight, nine guys in the box. We know that uh, Fitzpatrick has a difficult time beating that because he he really can't go over the top. And when he did, he went down the seam to our favorite player, Jeff Cumberland, um, who, by the way, the best move he made all day before that was away from the buffet table at breakfast.
0: Mm.
2: What
1: what has Jeff Cumberland eaten? Holy cow.
2: I, I mean, that 44-yard catch, I mean, came out <laughs> of nowhere. Like, who is
1: that <laughs> running down in the hole? <laughs> Who's the fat guy wearing 85. Holy cow! I, I Because you so seldom see him now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and he if you do, he's usually... in an eighth game of the year.
1: Right. And if you do, he's usually not battling for a pass. He looked just like such a fat bastard running down the
2: sideline.
1: But you, you see, when you play nine guys in the box, if you had a stinking tight end that could beat somebody down the seam consistently, you would be able to be... That's another way to take a top off a defense. So... Uh, but my question is, would you spread out Rex or would you – do you plant, Do you think Rex blitzes a lot? Like, how do you beat your Changeli? You know Rex really, really well. What's your game plan going in? Is it to spread it back out again?
2: I, I think that's probably the approach. I mean, I think what we've seen from going against Rex is that you want to spread it out. You want to, you know, get the ball down the seam to either your slot receiver or your tight end. In this case, it's going to be your slot receiver. because guys does not really have a tight end because right. – the Bills and Rex defenses have consistently had issues with that slot position and their slot corner this year, uh Nikel is a five nine, you know, hundred and eighty pound guy. He does not match up well with Decker, who's six two, you know, two ten and has been great all season, but it the kind of game similar to the Colts game where you see Decker just get peppered with, you know, nine, ten, eleven targets and I think you play up tempo, so Rex can't do the substitution you want. And right. Patrick continue to do what he's been doing all season, which is just get rid of the ball really quickly because that negates all the complicated overload blitzes that Rex wants to do. It's just take one step and you know two steps yep. and have him just get rid of the ball quickly and let Marshall and Decker pick up yak after you know after they make those short catches.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what was
2: uh, really
1: <laughs> sort of fascinating to me when I was kind of making my list, Joe. Like we've seen plenty of teams beat his defense. Over the, and we've seen some great performances out of his defense. We know he's he's capable of game planning against uh, big receivers, small receivers, good running games, outside running, inside. We know he's capable of all that, but we've also seen how you beat him. And so for me, it's going to be really interesting to watch how they try to beat him, um, and and how they try to do exactly what you just said, like try to get the ball uh, the ball out in a hurry, maybe take a shot or two deep down. Is Devin Smith playing?
2: He was active last week but he's just not a big part of the game plan right now. Maybe they maybe this is the game they dust him off, but
5: right.
0: when
2: the Jets are, you know, are throwing it, it's it's Marshall or Decker and they they use they been using Tompkins kind of to replace what Anuo was doing at that H-back yep. type role. Curly's been a little more involved, but right now, you know, Smith is behind the pecking order and those guys are getting up.
1: Yeah, and I feel like I feel like what they've been doing with Curly, Joe has actually kind of been nice, like, starting to sprinkle him in more and more. And even, you know, Fitzpatrick missed him a couple times last week where, you know, on, on third downs and stuff. Like, I think they want to get the ball to him a little more. I think he's, like, started to earn Galey's trust maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, he would been be, a little more integrated, yeah. Yeah, which is which is huge because he's, you know, I don't love Jeremy Curley, but Jeremy Curley's a nice third or fourth wide receiver, um where he can make you you know, he can maybe have two or three big catches in a game. Um because he can find uh ways to get open in a zone, he can find a way to get behind a linebacker, uh, and make a third down catch. And he runs some pretty solid routes, especially that rub route or um now if <laughs> the the last thing I'm gonna let you run. Um how do you defend the Bills? With the secondary, that the Jets are going to run out there, all right? No Calvin Pryor, no Deion Bailey. Um, who would have thought that would have been a problem a couple of weeks ago? Um, you know, do you, how do you move guys, and, and likely no uh, Antonio Cromartie, How do you move guys around? Are you starting Milner at the other corner, uh, moving Williams to safety again? What, what are you doing with the secondary, Joe?
2: I think they're going to mix and match. A lot, because right now they have two healthy safeties on their roster, and one of them has no real experience at all. I doubt Camardi's going to play. I would think on early downs you'll probably see Revis will be following walk-ins everywhere, and you'll have Williams at the other corner with Rontez Miles at safety, you know, obviously Gilchrist on early downs. And then on passing situations, maybe Williams bumps back to safety, and then you see either – you know, a Dexter McDougall, a Darren Walls. I'm not sure if they're going to just throw Milner right in after, you know, not playing for the past year. Maybe, maybe, probably see a guy like Walls be put on the outside with, with screens still in the slot and with Williams in safety alongside Gilchrist you know, when the Jets think it's going to be a passing down. You know, right. Miles, is going to have to play some safety, and he looked, you know, completely overwhelmed last week, which is the there's a reason he's going to practice squad on and off the roster for the past three and four years. Right. And it might also bring up, uh, I've got Ronald Martin, who's been on their practice squad. Sec- I think he's a second-year player. So they're, they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel there, and the Jets are going to have to get creative. And what's nice about, you know, Buffalo's passing game is that it really just goes – what we saw last week, I think Stanley Watkins had like 90% of their receiving yards. You right. have Revis on him, and then you just have to worry about finding a way to slow down uh, Charles Clay, who's a good pass-catching tight end. You know, Woods is a, a pretty good number two receiver, but you can live with him. You know, if he's gonna be the guy that beats you then you know then so be it. But with Percy Harvin out, they don't really have another guy who's a game yeah. changer opposite Watkins that you have to worry about.
1: Yeah, and then you gotta you also absolutely and then you gotta watch out for you know, the old wheel routes and stuff like that. If they can isolate McCoy on on, you know, Harris or something like that, like that's a nightmare that you have to really, really avoid matchup wise because They'll they'll try to do I I think they'll try to do stuff like that because you know Revis is going to be on Sammy Watkins that you, if if you can get McCoy on on one on Demario Davis or Harris or something like that, that's that's bad bad stuff when that <laughs> that's, that's a nightmare scenario right there it, it's a terrible scenario when you anytime you see like McCoy come out on that wheel or whatever it, it, I'm just going to be like no somebody go please faster man on him please. Um, all right, uh, I'm going to let you run, Joe, but before I do, how scale one to ten, how badly do you want this game? Because I'm, I'm surprising myself at how badly I want this game. I mean, how did you
2: not want it? I mean, you're playing your, no, old, you're playing your old coach who, you know, know.
1: admitted. I, I didn't think it was going to piss me off as much as it's pissing me off. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: this, this is a fun one. I mean, it's, these are just the one one of the ones you circle on the schedule. You're playing against your old coach who you know didn't make the playoff the past four years, and it you know was full of excuses as to why it didn't happen. We also, had some great memories here. From, you know, his first couple of years. It, yeah, it's a fun one. There's been a lot of chatter going back and forth, and I wish it wasn't a short week. I wish we had a few more days to kind of stir the pot a little bit. But it's a home game. I'll be wearing those crazy green jerseys. The Bills will be wearing oh, those crazy red jerseys. So it's going to be a good environment and I tell you what, if the Jets win this game, you're gonna have a tough time convincing me they're not gonna be a playoff in this season.
1: Well that's and that's why I thought it was such a swing game. I mean it's it's not only a you know, in the division and uh, you know, but it's it's a huge swing game. If you get that sixth win and especially in, within your division and against a team that you'll probably be battling for a playoff position with and you've already beaten Miami, it's a huge swing game. It's a monstrous swing game. Um, Gut feeling, do they win this game tomorrow night? I
2: I think this is like a a last possession, you know, one score, (sighs) 21-20, 24-23 type game. I'm going to take them to win a one-point game, but I think with how banged up they are right now, and I think they're going to get Rex's best shot on on a short week, and I think it's going to be a tight one. I think it's going to come down to the last, the last driver or two, and I think they can't make one more player or two and just squeak out a very tight game. Damn it! All right, well, <laughs> There's not going to be any—he's not going to be any easy one tomorrow. I know there, there, it there still, never is. Meltdown with the personal fouls.
1: Never is. I just watched the the damn World Series. Every game they had a lead. I, I can't take it, Joe. I'm getting too old. I'm turning into <laughs> Danny. Glover. I'm like Danny Glover here. I'm too old for this crap.
2: These I'm games my... are piling up and taking the toll.
1: I'm going to turn to my badge soon. All right, brother. Thank you so much. Um, we'll definitely uh, talk to you before the season is out. Um, so maybe in a couple of weeks you can jump back on and maybe uh, grab some of your boys over there. Uh, once again, turn on thejets.com. The site looks great. The coverage this year has been really, really good, Joe. Um, hope you're having a, a good season so far. Hope you got a little bit of a, a married Labanza going, baby. Get the belly going a little bit. Cause, cause Absolutely. that's it. You're, you're, you're done. So just eat whatever happy, the hell you I'm want. I'm happy to
2: eat during football season. Yeah,
1: not, knock yourself out. Go, go for the extra nachos, my friend. It's okay. It's over. <laughs> uh, and we, we'll talk to you uh, down the road. Thanks, Joe. All right. Thanks for
2: having me. All right, brother.
1: All right. The, the very great Joe Caparoso. Joe Cavarozzo. you. Uh, he's great. He, 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 turn on the Jets. dot com blog. We started reading four years ago now, or, or so, and uh, we've had Joe on a bunch of times. They do the best job of, I think, opinion mixing opinion with um, you know the stuff that's going on on the field. Like Joe will break down X's and O's with anybody. He played football in college and stuff like that, and and he has a really nice mix of of those two things. So, all right, we're still waiting on Cal, who apparently uh, is trapped in Common Core hell. Um, So we're going to bring in uh, our next guest And this is uh, a guy who hasn't been on the show in a long time Um, He's one of my oldest and dearest friends Lots of people know him as K-Mac I simply call him Kev Um, And he is going to
0: uh
1: Forgot about his intro (laughs) <laughs> he is uh kev mcwalters my buddy kev hey bud
6: what wow what a, what an intro <laughs>
1: what what's uh what's going on man what's going on in, in staten island
6: staten island all quiet at the home front in staten island but uh you guys uh just talking about the bills and jets i caught the tail end of that so tomorrow night will not be a quiet night no.
1: um no, it so should be a mile. great game
6: it's a what a what a game
1: before we get to um, to the Giants and Pats, and I have uh, I made a list for for Joe, and I made a list for you. Uh, one one quick thing here, I want to welcome the co-host of the program, Cal. Cal. Yeah, Cal. that's the guy. He's finally here. He's here. Cal. Hey guys. Hey buddy. How's it going? How's that Common Core math doing? <laughs> good, going good. Uh, you, you, Cal, Cal has been detained tonight because he was helping uh, one of his daughters uh, do her homework. Wow! And, and it's that bad. You'll apparently we'll see. Apparently, we will see how bad it is. Hey, Kev, how you doing?
6: Not too bad, pal.
1: This this Common Core stuff—it's no good. I, or as Frances would say, Common Core. Okay, it's the Common Core. Um, Cal, welcome to the program. Uh, Joe uh, sends his best.
3: Um
1: well, that's nice. Good job <laughs> it's, it's Italian. Said, you Italian. Know, Tell Cal, give Cal my best. Tell him, you know, don't take any wooden nickels, and I'll uh, talk to him soon. Um, Great. And we we were just about to jump into the Giants with Kev, but while I have uh, you both here, I do want to hear Kevin uh, talk a little bit about the Mets. Uh, just real oh. quick, Kev. Just a little quick. I know you're in Giant mode. You've gone full full Giants, but... Perhaps a little post mortem on the New York Metropolitan season. I'll make this easy. You ready? Go for it. Murphy, you want him back?
6: Uh no.
1: <laughs> Cespitus, you want him back?
6: I do, but I want him for five years.
1: How much you paying? I don't
6: I don't know if I'm gonna I I, I have a feeling I don't think he's going to be worth what he's going to be offered by somebody else.
1: Right. And we're not paying it.
6: And it, it, it kind of makes it kind of makes sense to me, which hurts to say. But, you know, because you want to you want to keep him because he's a monster at the plate. But long term, you know, look at look at look at uh, David Wright. You know, now we've got four years. How many how many million does he make a year?
1: He's uh, by the time it all is said and done, I think it will be up to like 28 or so because it's backloaded, right, Cal?
6: Yeah. So you see, you're seeing it a lot so, with yeah. these teams. You know, the teams that offer the 220 million deals, the the 180 deals. It's like, you know, the the, the long-term regret seems seems kind of severe these days to me.
1: Would you trade Matt Harvey?
6: No. No way. Which,
1: are you trading any of the pitchers?
6: I would possibly trade a wheeler or a Matz, um, but I, I would probably like to hold them all instead. And maybe okay. trade a Nice and a Duda and something like that, like a like a blockbuster deal, that type of that type of route All right.
1: Um, give me what you think this lineup will look like next year.
6: Wow, well, you got the Grandy Man in the leadoff spot, correct? Yep. Batting two, wow. Um, you can't put the Herrera kid in the two-hole yet, can you?
1: No, it's probably going to be right, because cause Collins loves him there, right?
6: That makes sense. And he is turning into a singles hitter. Right, that's right.
1: Well, he, he is. He's going to be a very good two-hitter, where he'll hit you 10 or, <laughs> 10 or 15 home runs. He still and, loves uh, to walk. He loves to walk. <laughs> he loves to take a walk. Cal, especially in a big spot, right, buddy?
3: Yeah, he loves to look at a lot of pitches. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, just go around the horn. We're going to have Duda at first, right? And Kadiar will spell him on occasion, correct?
6: Kadiar will, will still be here.
1: Right. 65-year-old Michael Kadiar will still be yeah. here. <laughs> You'll have uh, Herrera at second, Flores at short, Wright in at third, um, Conforto in left, Lagarus and some left-handed person to go with Lagarus in center, and Granderson in right, Darno behind the plate. That's it, right? That's, that's all we're doing? That sounds like all we're
6: doing, but the prognosis <laughs> of that probably is troublesome to a Met fan when we think about the hitting troubles we had kind of most of the season.
1: You mean the ones that cost us the World Series?
6: Yeah, Gary Matthews in the – what was his name? in the, uh, Mayberry, John Mayberry John Jr. Jr. <laughs> in the four hole uh, was not that long ago. So you got to be careful. You know, we're giving up Murphy, our best hitter, and we're giving up Cespedes, our best hitter. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to expect to have a better offense that troubled us throughout last year. So it's a a little worrisome, but we'll see what happens. Cal,
1: I would love for you to tell Kev, uh, before we talk about the Giants, uh, what you and I talked about today and what you feel the game plan is for the New York Mets.
3: What did we talk about today? That was the fact that they are going to think that they made the World Series With the lineup that they have, and they don't need to make any moves, because they were good enough to make it to the World Series, so they don't need to make any moves. Right, They'll stay close enough, and then they'll make their move in July. That's what we were talking about, because that was the formula that worked this year. They did nothing all year, stayed close, made the move in July, and made it to the World Series. So naturally, the same thing will just happen next year. Yeah, there's. I'm. I'm just going to assume everything goes according to plan.
1: It's like in Austin Powers. I'm going to put them in an overly elaborate, easily escapable death. Close the door and assume all goes according to plan. Um. Yeah, Kev. I don't think. I don't think they're doing a blessed thing, Kev. I don't think they're doing a thing.
6: Well, you. Know, they would have to. They would actually probably sign a couple of bullpen guys, maybe. Maybe, yeah. but, but
1: scrap heap guys. Yeah, you're not, don't get your, don't, don't get your Darren O'Day jersey just yet. Darren O'Day?
6: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome home, welcome home.
1: Yeah. What did we have that guy for, like, a week? What happened?
6: I think we lost him due to a Nelson Figueroa call-up because Pelfrey couldn't make a start.
3: Right, they did, well, they didn't want to, didn't want to put Pelfrey on the disabled list. But they needed Nelson Figueroa to make the start, so they had to DFA Darren O'Day. Pelfrey. Mike Pelfrey. Mike Mike Pelfrey and Nelson Figueroa. Oh. Like, well, mostly not- Pelfrey because they didn't want to put him on the DL because God, God forbid you were without him for two weeks. Yeah, and also, you know, who knows what Mike Pelfrey would have done on the DL.
1: Mental case. Sorry. <laughs> Mike, I, you look, it's a shame what happened to Mike Pelfrey. Guy had problems. He really did. I think he's still jogging around Coors Field. After uh after a start. Um, wow. Yeah. I I'm sorry, Kev, I don't mean to to get us off on this bad start, but I can't we can't possibly have you on our show without talking about the Mets just going to the World Series. Where does this where do you rank this Mets World Series loss? Is it ahead of two thousand? I think it's way uh, ahead no way. No
6: way. Um
1: mm-hmm. you
6: know there's a couple ways to look at it, you know, some of the series I was looking at it as the Kansas City Royals were doing exactly what we thought they were, we were afraid they might do. And that's mm-hmm. how good they are. But when you look at how kind of how the Mets played in the World Series, um if they, you know, if if they didn't make the mental mistakes in in the field, I think the fielding was a key contributor in, in in blowing those games. Oh yeah. And um, if Familia if could have got a couple big out, you know, I think the Mets handed Kansas City um, a decent chunk of the World Series as well as Kansas City taking advantage of it. So um, right. it does hurt. But when I look back at the Mets' season in 2015, I think in the long run um, it was a heck of a year. The Dodgers' series was insane. The sweep of the Cubs was insane. And, and NL Champs is not too shabby. So it's uh, I, I think I'm going to be all right.
1: I don't think anything can compare. Cal, I'd be interested to get your take on this too. I don't know if anything compared, could compare to losing to the Yankees. No. Like that's it, right? That's the ultimate because we have to live with that in this town for the rest of our lives. Right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so final. i tell you, that loss in 2006 in Game 7, that's up there. That yeah, that's, is, a, that one hurt. I, I I would I would hazard to say that hurt more than this series. I really would.
6: Only because of how many awesome wins we had leading up to the World Series, you know?
1: Yeah, and also to me that 0-6 team was poised to win for years to come. And they you know, the strikeout in game seven, they don't go to the World Series. A World Series they probably would have won, since they were the best team in baseball if not, you know, one of the two best teams in baseball that season. Um, I mean, they won ninety-seven games. They walked away with the NL East. That was a really, really good team. Um, but then you had oh seven and oh eight, and the collapses.
5: I don't want
0: to. Oh. <laughs> oh
1: boy. Uh, so let's let's should we move to the football? Cal, are you good with the Mets? And Kev, did you want to add anything else?
3: No, I'm good with the Mets. Thank you. Yeah, I'm all set. <laughs> yeah. That Murphy error. We'll move on.
1: That, that Murphy Halloween error as it will come to be known um is is that's it's starting to become part of the reason I don't want Murphy back. <laughs> it really is. It's really starting to become a big part of the reason I don't want him back. Because I feel like it's it's pivotal in the series, pivotal.
3: I don't think you have to worry about it.
1: No, I think I think we're all set. But boy, did he have a good with NLCS. He sure did, Kev.
3: He should, wow,
1: can nothing take away that? Seven home runs in six games, or whatever it was. He sure did. Thanks, Murph.
6: And that, that that that's kind of the whole thing with the team. They have you know you saw we saw our young guns emerge. We saw Murphy get on a roll. We saw the trading deadline get Cespedes, and he. You know, completely dominated August. So, you know, we saw a lot of good games.
1: Is is there is Harvey under no circumstances, Kev? Like you won't listen on anybody?
6: No way. I think I think it would be so short sighted. I think the best is yet to come. You you you'd be short changing yourself by not giving this guy a full season next year. Um, You know, I I I was impressed with what he did this year based on it being the first year after Tommy John surgery, so I certainly wouldn't want to gamble and, and trade him now. I think I, I think his stock would be lower now than it will be when we talk this year, you know, this time next year.
1: I just think you gotta you gotta get him on some kind of deal though. I mean you can't have him as Cal we talked about it. like he'll probably make what, like three, but five million dollars, but, but maybe there's no there's no
6: real rush though. I don't I'm not I'm not understanding the <clears> rush really
1: well you want to buy out his Free agent, like as much as his arbitration and free agency years as you can. This way, when it comes time to be a free agent, he's made some money because otherwise he's definitely gone, or you're gonna have to pay him like two hundred thirty-five million dollars. Correct. Um, you know, it, like if you could just get a bridge deal, if you could get like like I, I I suggested a crazy one, right, Cal? Like my bridge deal was like four for eighty, which is way. More than yeah, he, he Harvey's not going to go yet. for
6: that. When you remember all of his negotiations from when he first, you know, came, you know, came in with the with the college, I guess he he negotiated right. pretty harshly. Yeah, I, he just doesn't seem like the guy that would do that. I think no, he should
1: do things like
6: that boring. with maybe you know Syndergaard or something like that. I
1: and think DeGrom. Degrom is the other guy you logically think yep. of doing it with because he's the oldest too. I mean, Degrom is mm-hmm. twenty seven. Um, well, we got a lot of time to talk about how they'll do absolutely nothing this offseason. Let's get to the Let's get to the uh, the football giants, my man. Um, And and here's here's where I want to start, Kev, because Cal and I have admittedly not watched a ton of football overall over the last. I mean, we've watched the games, but we haven't like watched the games, kind of. You know, like I've been into it, but the Mets were just occupying every fiber of my being uh, for the early part of the season. However, I've seen a lot of the Giant games. I watched every Jet game, obviously, but um, I've seen a lot of the Giant games. Right now, Kev, give me your overall feeling on this team. Seems very up and down, very up and down.
6: It's absolutely been up and down, and they kind of they kind of see themselves sitting, I guess, exactly where their record says they are. They're five wins, four losses the way they've played throughout the entire season so far with with the flashes of good and the and the flashes of uh real bad um i think they find themselves kind of in the middle of the pack when you look at the the teams across the board as a whole um so fortunately for them they're in first place in the NFC East so they they still kind of are in control uh you know during the during the home stretch so i i kind of think they're, they're they're a middle middle of the pack team right now
1: how have you seen the – you keep such a close eye on this, bud. I know you do, um, because especially because you've become like a draft nick. How have you seen their draft picks being integrated? How have you seen those guys coming along so far?
6: Well, Eric Flowers looks like he's a he's a staple. <laughs> um, he, he, we're, we're, he's been doing great. I mean, he, he yeah, makes he's a couple rookie he's mistakes here and there, but, I mean, we've thrown him on the left <clears throat> side from, from day one and um he's protected Eli well um couple holding penalties you know offsides typical rookie stuff but he he looks like he's a solid keeper um whereas on the other side early, very early on in the season Landon Collins was looking pretty good he was the second round pick that they traded up for yeah but re- recently he's been he's been asked to do, you know he's he's been asked to do a lot um in his rookie year, and he's 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 biting bad on deep balls he's he looks like much more of a strong safety to me, and they're asking him to do a lot of free safety responsibility type stuff and right. he's uh you know he he's getting burned a lot lately.
1: Do you think that are there any gems in there anything that you've seen early on that's like a oh I didn't expect that guy to contribute or
6: um well it's it's a, no one that's jumped out. I, I, you know, besides who we mentioned already, um, Eric Flowers, he's been the guy that, um, you kinda feared the worst by putting him on an island the left tackle in his first season, uh, you know, protecting Eli's blind side. So right. I think he's been the he's been the most pleasant surprise when you when you're talking about young guys. Um, Dwayne Harris is, is beginning to make an impact. Um, he's he's the uh, special teams uh, kick returner slash yeah. you know wide receiver three now for the Giants, and he's yeah, contributing he's to, now both from a wide receiver uh, point of view, yeah. and he and he had a big kickoff return for a touchdown. So he's been he's he's been picking up his game as well.
1: Well, that's and that's always been a, a special teams for the Giants. Over, I really feel like have like for Coach Coughlin's you know stay with the giants. Yeah. it been so like up and down and, and
6: Yes, and there's Coughlin's running jokes within the Giants uh, circles that uh you know Quinn has some info on Coughlin because uh how, what does it take to get the special teams coach fired? That's how that's how bad it's been at times.
1: Right, he's got pictures. Uh, <laughs> I uh I wanted to, I was just taking a I I took a quick peek at the um at the injury report and uh and again, the guy who jumps out is Victor Cruz, Kev. Um Oof. What's, what's happening? <laughs> what what is what is going on?
6: You know, he went through the rigorous rehab, he, everything looked okay like he was on schedule uh, to make a comeback, and he felt fine. Sure enough, first practice, you know, blows something out in his calf. Um whether he, you know, I don't know how he hurt it, uh, but it was a basic calf injury that he that he again tried to come back too soon from, and and it's been giving him trouble ever since. There's blood clots in it, all sorts of uh, uh, you know crazy stuff going on with the, the calf now, and it seems like he's never going to make it back.
1: Right, and, and it's and, and that's a shame because you're really looking forward to. I want to get to Beckham, um, and I know Cal did too. Want to get to Beckham in a in a little bit, but um, it's a shame because you envisioned, you know, this twosome. Of, yep. of of Cruz and Beckham just being you know obviously Odell taking the next step in the next year Kev and then and yeah. to have Cruz there and and the, no which, no
6: yeah Cruz Cruz was such an important piece to the integral. to the offense being like you know one of the top offenses in all of football that type of thing right. where you thought if it if it worked with with, with Odell. Cruz and Randall in the one, two, three. You, you were going to score a lot of points, and Randall's been hobbled too with the hamstring. Kind of, it's been lingering for, for you know, well over a month now. So it's a, he's had hamstring problems. He's not been at his full strength, and um, he's one of those guys that you kind of. He, he's a he's a good wide receiver too, um, but you're always kind of wanting more from him, and then he gets nicked up and stuff like that. So he's been a little frustrating as well.
1: Yeah, and I, I I don't know if I uh, had heard this correctly or whatever, but he he has been so um sort of injury prone and stuff this year, Kev that he hasn't practiced, right? So like he I feel like him. Eli yeah, I feel like Eli's like He's got, like, one guy in practice to throw to, that's Beckham. Like, everybody else is like, you know what, dude, I'll be in the tub. Like, I can't.
6: I mean, if you watched the game last week, uh, Ty, the backup tight end, the third string tight end, I mean, Eli was literally putting him in in, in the right spots and directing (laughs) him where to go while trying to read the other team's defense. And uh, so I think, uh, you know, I think Eli's had a real good season so far.
1: Well, that's what I was just going to get to because I know – You know, we were just talking about how the offense could be so prolific if Cruz was that second guy. And I know some people, I'm not going to name names, but they look a lot like me, may have drafted Eli Manning in several fantasy leagues before Victor Cruz (coughs) hurt his calf, thinking that this would be a very, very potent offense. And that same person may have traded Eli Manning already in certain leagues. But I, I... Tell me about Eli, Kev, so far this year. From what I've seen from him, uh, other than the the sort of critical uh, mistakes that he made late in the game, which is very uncharacteristic of him early on in the season, uh, he made a couple of mistakes. But considering what he's had to work with, how has he been this year?
6: He's been, to me, um, better than expected. Um, you know, you expected him to be good this year, second year in McAdoo's Right. offense He kind of changed the way he, he he played the the quarterback position with his uh you know he worked on his his footwork learned all the you know the new plays et cetera, et cetera what 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 goes into that and um as he got better last year you kind of had high hopes that uh, the offense would be more prolific this year um i think the offense this year has been uh more conservative um huh. to 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 some to some fans <laughs> Degree to, uh, you know, demise, they want they, they to they see the Giants bombs away because they're kind of um, mentally trained uh, to the old run-and-shoot system that we used to have. So right. um, it's definitely been different, but if you look at his completion percentage, if you look at the way he manages the, manages the game and these quick drops and his footwork and, um, you know, these passes, these quick slants, these quick, these quick release, you know, one, two, three, get the ball out of your hand uh, type passes, I think he's been pretty impressive.
3: Kev, where, I just want to shift gears a little bit here. Where do you, where do you stand on uh, on Tom Coughlin at this point? Everybody talks about how maybe the game is passing by. Is this going to be his last year? But you're halfway through the season, and he's still the head coach of a first place football. Where, he, he's still, he's still
6: going. I, I think. I think the Giants are kind of. I think um, the way I read uh, Mara's language and Coughlin's language, we're at a we're at a stage now where. Um, the expectations are to be a, a you know good football team and by that i probably mean like a division winner a playoff team that type of thing maybe even winning a game in the playoffs and um if that doesn't look like it's going to happen under Coughlin then maybe um you know if you tell him thank you for everything and and he goes on his way um but i think he's doing a, a good job this year i don't think he's tired um i think he does he's changed um a lot over the last uh, couple seasons I think he relies heavily on his offensive coordinators more so than he did in the past. I think he relies on uh, coach Bagnola to run the defense um uh more so um and has maybe perhaps less input, but I think uh I think Coughlin is um a guy that will just evaluate year in and year out um but but by by that um you need to have a you know a winning football team. I think the days of uh 6 6 wins, 7 wins, third place um, those are uh, probably not acceptable anymore under Coughlin.
3: And you, and you feel pretty confident that at this point his voice still resonates in that locker room? Oh, absolutely.
6: Everything you read from the players, I've been to a couple events uh, this year um, and spoken to a few players directly, believe it or not. And uh, I'm, everything that I see and, and believe is that, uh, is that they play for Coach Coughlin. They have a lot of respect for what he does. Um and he definitely has the players' attention and I think uh I, I still think he resonates um with the players. Um it's you know, and uh I, I think he still works.
1: It's pretty remarkable to uh to be, you know, uh, as as old as uh, Coach Kaufman is, he's not ancient or anything, but he's an older guy and he's trying to relate to twenty two year old, twenty three year old guys, um you know, and in that locker room for him to have maintained uh you know, control of that locker room, a voice in that locker room, uh, the respect in that locker room it's pretty pretty you know magnificent. I think at some point with Coughlin we're gonna talk about maybe in you know five years after he's been retired for a couple of years uh I think people in this town will talk more about him as a sort of legendary coach. I think it's hard to do now because he's still in it you know and and he he obviously has the two super bowl championships but uh he's been you know he's been the giants coach for a good long time now he's long tenured he's still in it but i think you know 2 3 years after that guy's retired maybe you know giant fans appreciate him for what he is i think around the league you start to appreciate him for what he is and that's one of the better coaches to come around
6: absolutely and, you know, with that said, as much as I'm glamoring of uh, of what a, you know, great, you know, coach that still has it, that that's not, you know, I think um – that opinion, uh, where it used to be, uh, you know, skewed heavily in Coughlin's favor, I think, uh, is less and less. I would, I would think, my opinion of Coughlin and, and how long he should stick around and, and right. that he should still be here is probably 50/50 <laughs> in the giant fan base. I think, you know, you have yeah. some some guys that back him, and I think there's another half that that wish they had someone young, someone dynamic, someone someone new, someone fresh.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the dilemma, right? Like he's earned the right to sort of be year to year at this point. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: he's he's had a number of seasons uh, where he, where they haven't made the playoffs. Now they've had seasons where they've, they've had winning records and not made the playoffs. So, you know, you I think I think Mara that.
6: really liked what he saw at the end of last year, and that really right. um, you know that really uh, meant a lot to him as far as making his decision to to keep Coughlin and, and like you said earning that right. So I think I, I think he's, he what Cal, Cal said about players quitting on him. Um, I think I think it was pretty clear to Mara and and, and some other fans that um, that these players you know a lot of them do play for Coach Coughlin still. So yeah. he's he he is heard. So.
1: Yeah, and that's the that's the interesting perception from guys like Cal and I who don't watch them with the intensity or, or as much as you do, that it would be, it, it's like Terry Collins. I mean, he's a little like Terry Collins at this point, that you just wonder, how is a 67-year-old man still relating to a 24-year-old, you know, a 23-year-old Noah Syndergaard? You know, like, right. is, is that is that voice falling on deaf ears? If you didn't follow the Mets and you were just an outsider looking in, you'd be like... Well, of course, Collins doesn't relate to Harvey or whatever, you know. But you see it with Coughlin and Beckham all the time. I want to get to Beckham because has he, Kev, has he had a, has he had a, a game yet this year where he's put his stamp on it? I know he's been very, very good. I know he's had some I mean, great, he had great the games, three, but I, I just like I, and, and the reason I bring it up is because I feel like this week is a stamp game for Beckham against the Patriots. You know what I mean? It's like a, I mean, he could just have like a just really put his stamp on this game. You know what I mean? Um
6: yeah, I, mean, I, think, I, I think he's been I great. He's,
1: you know, he's been great, but who were the three touchdowns against?
6: Um that was of course in the 52 to 49 loss um right. versus the New Orleans Saints
1: one of the most insane games of all time. Like I'm talking but That was about a pretty a cool.
6: That was a pretty cool game for him. It meant a lot oh, to him, yeah. you know, he played at LSU, so he's kind of yep. he had a lot of people in the crowd in the Superdome that he always High wanted to play in, and yep. he kind of yep. he yep. kind he stepped up.
1: No, 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 totally. But the game itself wasn't one he could dominate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this this feels like to me like he could go out and if they're going to win this game, A, he's got to be dominating. Um, he's got to have a tremendous game, um, but B, like you know, this is like wow. The Giants won that game thirty-one twenty-four, and he had, you know, fifteen catches and one hundred and eighty-five and three. You know what I mean? Like, just one of those stamp games where he beat them.
6: You know what I mean? Uh, yeah.
1: Um, but how how have you felt about him in year two, Kev? I, I don't know if you've ever had an offensive player like this.
6: I mean when you think of the things he's you know he's done the the list is way too long of like some of the accomplishments he's had yeah. for a receiver which is amazing as a as a giant wide receiver that we have right. um right. a kid putting up so many huge numbers it's crazy um what does he have fastest to reach uh 150 career catches I think he yep. broke um fastest to reach 100 career receptions he's he's got like two thousand receiving yards through through twenty, twenty one games, something like that. So yep. the numbers he's putting up are are huge. Um and he looks he just looks like a kid that loves to compete and loves to be an NFL wide receiver. Um loves the attention, um, doesn't doesn't back away from it. Um right. and uh he's just a fun guy like he's a, as a giant fan, he's a super fun guy to have and to watch every week.
1: Yeah, we always remember a couple of years ago, Kev, we talked about, I think we might have even done it on the podcast, but uh, we talked about how none of our teams had like that guy, you know what I mean? Like the Mets didn't have Harvey yet or whatever. And like, we were talking about the Nationals having Harper and Strasburg or, right. you know, like, uh, and, and we, at the time we were talking about Tavares, like Tavares was the first time in a long time that one of our teams had that guy. You know that like one of the best in the game, no doubt about it. And I think it'd have been the uh, you know the Giants won those uh, the, won the two Super Bowls. They were very good teams, but they were teams. I mean, you could argue Michael Strahan, but um you know maybe on the first team or you know Justin Tuck had the tremendous year, but like those they, you know they they weren't Odell Beckham. Like you're you're every Sunday you're sitting down to watch this guy. Like no matter like when the Giants have the ball, you're not going to the bathroom. No, he's not definitely, and especially this year. Yeah, I mean, he's he's like a – you have one of the top five players, you know, on offense in the game. Like, you know, it's, it's been a – I don't know if the Giants have ever had that on offense.
6: As a Giant fan, the only thing you're battling with, and probably the only controversy, if you want to call it, surrounding Odell is um, – you know, does does the kid get too much attention? You know, the the, the mass amount of attention on the kid and, and the publicity he gets is uh, is kind of like the the tug of war between giant fans on on Odell Beckham. But performance-wise, he's he's putting up mega 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 numbers.
1: Oh, he's insane. He's insane. He's he's just he's insane. He's a, he's a, easily a top three receiver in the game, and it, and it and it happened in about 20 minutes.
6: You know, last 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 week even like some, you know, it goes unnoticed, but last week his third down grab against the Bucks, you know, yeah. I know the score reads 32 to 18, but they were in a critical spot where they kind of had oh, to pick a up game. a first down where they yeah. were handing it back to Tampa Bay and and, and the the momentum of the game, you kind of felt like here we go again type of thing. And he right. caught one off his shoelaces that was the, that was a huge catch for the first down. And the Giants went out to, you know, then then they went on to run out the clock. But if Odell doesn't make that catch, the Giants maybe lose that game.
1: Right. All right. So let let go ahead. I'm sorry, Cal. No, oh, go ahead, Steve. It's good. You were gonna do say the same thing I was. I think I wanted to talk about the the Patriots game. Oof. Yeah,
3: that's exactly what I was gonna say. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: Just g- coming into this game, Cal, and uh, is is Prince gonna play?
3: I
6: don't think Prince is going to play, and, you know, it would be huge if he does, um, but I just don't think he's going to be ready. And him being out has is, is really, you know, hurt um, the secondary because I think is having a great season so far, but, uh, you know, Hosley's struggling out there. I mentioned uh, earlier that Landon Collins was, was biting uh, on routes uh, at the free safety position, looking more like he's more comfortable, you know, much closer to the line. And you know Weather, they literally signed him you know right before the season started, and he's right, a, you know a high risk guy that takes you know crazy angles to go for the big hit. So you know he's he's accustomed we're uh, used to seeing him burned here and there. So the secondary's <laughs> definitely definitely having having some serious issues these days.
1: Yeah, I mean he's not Elvis Patterson, he's not toast, but he's he's definitely been he been wanting to leave a trail behind him. Uh, as Cromarty did last week. Hey, Cromartie. Uh, he's not playing this week, Kevin. And, uh, I'm not that upset about it. Because um, <laughs> might be time for good old Crow to take a seat. Um, <laughs> so going into this game with uh, JPP, who I thought looked fine last week, you know, if not good, uh, especially considering, uh, you know, it was his first football in a really long time and coming back from, obviously, the, the, the hand situation. That thing looks bizarre, man. It, it does look, look bizarre it looks it looks like it's like when David Wright was wearing the big helmet for the concussion, like that doesn't belong on a hand. yeah, That's I gotta it.
6: tell you when I first saw him there was a there was a a strange part of me that was almost like sympathetic for the guy. I was like, you know, I almost felt bad, so right. you know he see his <laughs> right. big mitt on his hand, he flew his hand, fingers off I'm like, ah.' Yeah. Um, but then as the game wore on and in the fourth quarter, when you saw him kind of getting, you know, closer and closer to the quarterback, uh, you know, and, and causing some pressure, you're like, all right, I can deal with this.
1: Right. <laughs> His hand looks <was> fine.
6: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was One when, minute. right. When the dog comes back from the vet, it's got like, right. it's got, like the, You know, it's, like, the bar it's got like the padding on its paw and then it's running around. It's fine. I don't see anything on him. Um, how much does he? Obviously, he helps greatly in this game, though, Kev. Because yeah, we look. Nobody knows better what it takes to beat the Giants or to beat the Patriots than the Giants. Um, do you think Spags? How's he been, Kev? Is is, is he starting to put this it, defense I, up I and mean, down? I know
6: this, you know, to be honest with you, he's been not, a tough guy. To, a tough guy to read. I mean, I, you know, I guess I would say. Um, as a fan, of, uh, as, a, as a giant fan, um, they, you give him a, a lot of rope um, because, you know, he's dealing with a lot of new parts and uh, he kind of alluded to the fact before the season started, like, wait a minute, this is going to take a little bit of time, um, right. which to me means he didn't have the, the, the right personnel to do exactly what he wanted, but he was going to try and make it work. Um, so you kind of give him the benefit of the doubt a lot, but, I mean, when you look at the defense and how many points they're giving up and you see the... A lack of pass rush, uh, you know, it is concerning. Um, I don't think um, you know there's a bullseye on Spags um, more so than uh, a, a bullseye on uh, maybe Reese to to you know draft some defensive line help now um, that we've addressed right. offense in the past. So um, it's kind of been a mixed bag, I guess.
1: You, can you can you game plan? Can he game plan this game? Can he? I mean, does he have the pieces, or is it just keep it close and maybe try to get in a shootout because you do have so many? How good has Vereen been, by the way? Oh, my goodness. God, I wanted to sign that guy. He's been good lately. (laughs) Oh, I wanted the Jets to sign that guy. He's so, he's he's a complete utility knife. He's fantastic. He is. I, I think once he's gotten integrated into that offense. And integrate it into maybe what Eli is doing, and sort of knowing when to when to release, when to come out, when to. I think that guy's invaluable, man. I I really wanted the Jets to sign him. Um, but can can Spagnola game uh, uh, Spags game plan this, Kev? Does he have the pieces, or is it just?
6: I I keep don't it, think. Keep he, it close? I, I, I guess, uh, gun to my head, I would say he does not have the pieces, but. Um, I I don't know if there's a, an exact answer on how to fix the defense right now. Do you, do you, do you blitz more? Do you put more right. pressure on a on an already um, shaky uh, secondary? Um, and and it all it always seems to go back to lack of pass rush. You know what I mean? So when you I think they have the least amount of sacks they've ever had at this point in the season since they started keeping track of sacks. That's how bad wow. the pass rush has been for the Giants. Um really? so it, I mean we just do not get to the quarterback. So to me if you're not getting to the quarterback um it's hard to say what you should be doing more of or less of with the blitzing and and um things that Spags likes to do because if if you can't get to the quarterback with you know the base 4 um you're already in trouble.
1: Right. Do you think they keep uh, are you going Sunday?
6: Oh, I'll be there. <laughs> I will be there.
1: Uh how is the uh the crowd you 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 mentioned a little bit about Coughlin you mentioned a little bit about um um you know Odell Beckham and how the the crowd feels about him and stuff Kev like what's the what's the feeling of 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 giant fans uh, about this team you know what what are you feeling when you're at the games
6: um when you're at the game it's you know all hands on deck you know you you've been to to plenty of games too usually um it's all hands on deck the the, the right. atmosphere and the vibe is you know uh you know let's win, win, win this game and and worry about the other stuff later um so right. it, it i don't know if I could read it from a from a fan's perspective um re, as as far as uh giants i guess the stadium itself Kinda of, maybe maybe kind of exactly like the Giants record, five and four, middle of the road. Right. <laughs> um like, and we're uh, okay, we're doing good, we're in first place, but we <laughs> kinda know we have major issues on defense, so it's like you don't want to boast about being in first place when you're not that impressed with it in the first place. So it's kind of a we kind of I've got a middle of the road feel.
1: Yeah. And do you uh do you think this team wins the division, Kev?
6: I think they do. I think it you know, when you look at where they sit now, who they play later, starting with, you know, this week's matchup with the Patriots, that looks horrendous on paper, uh, for the Giants. Um, you would think Brady is licking his chops to carve up our uh, suspect defense. So but when you look at the rest of the schedule and you and you look at week seventeen, it just kinda screams a win and in game versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. I know it's hard to project that this far in advance, but you know, it, when you scroll down on on the Giants' schedule and you see the Eagles week seventeen, you kind of you kind of see them playing for the division title and and uh, you know the winner winning the division and 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 hosting a playoff game.
1: Who goes uh, to the Giants Jets game on my ticket?
6: <laughs> the Giants Jets game,
1: hmm.
6: yes, that will be interesting. We've, is, got, we've got weeks to, we've got weeks to mull that over as that i think not, um, not wh- who occupies that seat would be uh be dependent on uh status on december 6th
1: right well i you i mean as we 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 know i know you would obviously take your your best friend were it not his son's birthday but it's you know it being wesley's birthday of course i am out of the running
6: but you would definitely, definitely have gotten the call. I,
1: I feel like I really <laughs> had a good shot at it. It wasn't for that. I feel like I've put in a lot of years of service there, and if it didn't spell certain divorce, uh, I would be. I would have a, have a definite good chance to go. There. I'm very interested. Does does uh, Salcido get that ticket? Any chance?
6: Um, that would be doubtful. I would. I would say doubtful.
1: <laughs> you're you're listing him as doubtful.
6: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of old school when it comes to you know bringing uh, you know jet fans hey, well, to a giant game type of thing. I, you know, I a have very valuable school. ticket. Yes, mean.
1: yeah, it's a very it, it would it would have to be someone like myself who you've known your whole life.
6: You know, <laughs> Lord knows what the old the grouchy old guy in front of me would you would do when he turns around and sees my 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 other seat with a with a jet fan.
1: Yeah, with uh, with uh, Danny Salcedo smiling. Smiling mug looking back at him. I don't think that's gonna go well. <laughs> I agree. I and and you also know if you took me to that game, if I were able to go, that I know how to behave in what is a visiting stadium. So I know how to I know how to handle myself. And that's uh that's to be very, 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 very quiet. Very quiet. <laughs> Only speak when spoken to.
6: Um I got to tell you, with the, with other fans at games, you see it, you see it more and more and more and more, um, you know, especially uh, you know down in the hundreds. I think I think because of the cost of the tickets and the and, yeah. and the licenses, there are so many people, um, you know, at MetLife, and I don't know if you see this at the Jet Games as well that uh, you know sell their sell their tickets to, uh, yeah. you know, on whatever wherever wherever however they're selling them. But uh, you see more. It seems to me over the last few years. Uh, more and more fans of uh, of visiting teams and kind of invading stadiums.
1: Absolutely. And and especially with the Jets being bad uh the last few years. Every Cal, right? When we've gone to the games because now you know, now you know Kev we only go to one game a year as as uh, as opposed to, you know, doing the big tailgates and, and having the tickets all those years. Um we go to game, Cal, how many times have you sat next to or around a visiting fan? I think every one of the games every I've time. gone to. Right? Yeah. yeah. Every time now. Like we went to the Chargers game. We were next to Chargers fans. We went to the, the Dolphins, g- or the Bills game. We were surrounded by East Aurora, uh, New York. Like it was, it was you know, uh, the only time it hasn't happened was this past game uh, for the Eagles. But I got to say it was mostly Jet fans. There were a lot of Eagles fans there, but it was mostly Jet fans. But it was early and in the year.
6: Th- what did you think of Eagle fans?
1: Well, I live among them now, Kev.
6: <laughs>
1: <laughs> my son's my son's teacher I told you this uh, uh, Wes's teacher in the kindergarten class Kev She must yeah. think What did I do wrong Because there's not just Wesley in her class Like wearing Mets, Jets And Islander stuff like every day Every day But Casey wears it too And then there's another guy um, Who has two sons the same age as uh, My boys Kev Who's from Jersey yeah. and is a huge Mets fan like dressed his kids up as David Wright for Halloween and like and she's a, the teacher's a total Philly fan total. She sounds she sounds like Terry Kev. <laughs> she's like she sounds like our buddy Terry from Philly. She's like, yo, what do you what, are, what are they wearing in my classroom? Do you see the flowers last night? I mean, she's not that bad, but she's close. And, and there are there are four children in her class wearing nothing but Mets gear. At all times, there's a picture of Chase Utley up in the schoolroom. <laughs> <laughs> there's Like a big, like a cartoon Philly wearing number twenty six in the schoolroom, and and Wesley's like, yeah, we don't like the Phillies. We don't. Or <laughs> Utley. Yeah, we don't we don't hate them, but we don't like them. So I uh, and I've, I've talked to her a bunch of times, and she's like, I know, I don't. I got kids running around in Jets. They don't mind the Jets stuff as much. If they were Giants fans it would be a big problem. They had Eagles Day, Kev. Eagles Day at the school.
6: Yeah, nice four-time Super Bowl champion sweatshirt or something like that.
1: <laughs> That's right. They would have a big <laughs> I think they would have a big problem with that. Philly fans yeah. love that one. The Jets don't You know what? There's a lot of here though, guys. That shocked me. Keep in mind, I, they had Eagles Day at Wesley School, and it's a oh. private school. There are a ton of Cowboys fans. A ton.
6: Huh. They're I everywhere.
1: Yeah, but I, I they mean, are everywhere. I talk about having a rough time. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, being a you know, being a Giants fan is rough. I've seen a lot of Giant stuff down here, Kev. Because I'm close to Jersey though too. Yeah, you know, so I'm pretty close to Jersey. Like I even saw like a Giant. Uh, I see Giant sweatshirts like when we when we went to Sesame Place a couple weeks ago, Kev. Giants yeah. stuff everywhere. Because I'm so close hey. to Jersey you know, but a lot of Eagles. Holy. Yeah. Yo, Are you going to watch the birds tonight or what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother, we're going to let you run. Uh, thank you so much for the time. And, um, I, Hey, do me a favor. Beat the Patriots this week. Everybody wins.
6: Do you, do you want me to send you a Jersey or you need anything? Or? I think that's a little, that's probably a little strong, but, a little um, strong.
1: <laughs> but hey, if you win, everybody wins this week, my friend. No, seriously. Thanks Kev for the, for the time. And, uh, Definitely come back if we uh, if we want to talk some more Giants. It'd be great.
6: Absolutely, I love talking Giants anytime.
1: All right, brother, say hi to the fam for me. Absolutely. Hi, right, bro. Be good.
6: See you later, Cal.
3: Take it easy, Cal.
1: Was was very contemplative out music. Hi, Cal. Hi, Steve. So just to wrap up, Kevin, then I want to uh, talk to you. Um, how good is he about the Giants? He knows his stuff. Like he's polished.
3: He's he's prepared. He oh, talks, yeah. He he's
1: could, talking he for the be beat.
3: Giant, he could be a beat guy for the Giants. That's insane. Like he sounds like he's better than Zacchiano. I've heard some beat guys that aren't as good as him. Is he better than Paul
1: DeTito or not? Come on, he
3: is. Yeah, I think he is. <laughs> yeah, he actually is. Uh oh, I think he is. <laughs> what is
4: what Hello. is that?
3: Hold on, what do you got? What are you doing? I don't know what's going on. What is what is up? There we're um. losing losing control. So listen, before we go to the fun load, we're gonna bring P.J. in too. Um, what happened? Is everything all right? Yeah, everything's fine. Well, let's uh, let's just do the fun load. Homework because gate. That's really yeah. Let's just do the fun load. I think that that's common fun. core. Common core gate. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, no. Uh, uh, how was your week? How is everything going? Are you moving past the uh, the Mets? And then I I do have
3: a jet question for you. Okay, um, moving past the Mets slowly. Not so bad. Um, All right. More ang- more angry with them now than than anything. So really, right. just reverting back to back to square <laughs> one. Right, that's fair. Yeah.
1: And then I I talked to Joe about this um, in lieu of you because I thought you might bring it up with him. Um, and that was a little bit about Ryan Fitzpatrick and your first really like sitting down and watching Ryan Fitzpatrick play. You know, in earnest. Like I know you've watched most of the Jet games, but you haven't been watching, right? Right. Um, and I've and
3: I've seen as intently before, as you. So. Yeah,
1: as intently as you normally would. Um, but give me your your impressions
3: of uh, of Ryan Fitzpatrick there. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty simple. He stinks. He does stink. He stinks, and I and. I guess. I guess the thing that I can't understand is why people forgot that he stinks just because they won a few games earlier in the season. Right. Well, th-
1: because they I won. Mean, sure. Because they desperately wanted to. Because he's a game manager, well, Cal. Except he's not
3: at all a game manager. He's not a game manager. He thinks. Never been he one. Thinks he's. He thinks he's Tom Brady. That's exactly he right. He thinks he's Tom Brady, and I, he he thinks because he went to Harvard that he's smarter than everyone. I really do believe that. I and listen to him talk. Yeah, and he's there's, a likable guy. I mean, he's a he's no, so, I don't. I don't find you don't find I don't him likable. Likable at all? No, you find I him find to be a smartass. There is a strange affect to him, where he has an undertone of smug and and like sarcastic. Great album. Smug smug and sarcastic.
1: No undertone of smug. Oh, undertone of smug. Right. Or
3: is that a is that a Tolkien smug and sarcastic? Smug and sarcastic. Is that a Tolkien novel? Undertone of smug. That's Smaug. Um, Sorry, I just. I just don't, I don't like him. I, I don't I don't like I don't like to look at him. I don't think that he's good. I don't enjoy listening to him speak. I don't find him funny or charming. Right. I just I think he is a journeyman backup quarterback that you're not. You can't get anywhere with somebody like that right. running your offense. That can't. everybody desperately wants to
1: not be a journeyman backup quarterback.
3: Well, because his name is not Geno Smith. That's the only reason. That because is his best attribute. <laughs> that is that is his best attribute. If it had been somebody else that he replaced that wasn't as universally despised as Geno Smith, I think you'd see people turn on him a little quicker. I think Joe Caparoso put it really well when he said,
1: well, I guess we're kind of getting the best version of him, but it's still <laughs> him.
3: I don't think there is a best or worst. I think he is just exactly what he is. I don't think right. he can be any better. I don't think he could be any worse. I think this is who he is. Look at his numbers. Look at his 10 years of an NFL resume. 10 years. This is not like he just he played last year and we think we know what he is. He's not Scott Mitchell. He's, he is Scott Mitchell. I <laughs> know. I'm saying Scott Mitchell
1: had one good year. But he only started so for one year contract. and he got but he got the contract off that one well
3: yeah that's true. So <laughs> this
1: patch. the <laughs> thing. He, he's entirely Scott Mitchell. He's Scott Mitchell.
3: You're <laughs> Scott Mitchell 2K. 215k.
1: <laughs> 215.
3: Two, well, yeah. sure. Scott Mitchell 2K. That's what he is. Worst video game ever. It's funny that you that you say that like that. That's the name that you bring up because that's exactly like ah, he's not Scott Mitchell. Oh wait a minute, he is Scott Mitchell. He's kind of Scott Mitchell. Is he uh, Scott is Mitchell with a beard?
1: Is he Matt Castle?
3: No, Matt Castle is better than than Fitzpatrick. Really? Did well, you no. watch? No. Did you watch the Cowboys? Yeah, you know, like, I mean, I I think Matt Castle may be more talented. Matt Hadrick made a Pro Bowl. Yeah, but everybody makes Pro Bowl. Did, did Pro Bowl. you make the Pro Bowl? I did. Twice. twice. You
1: did? Right. PTG Special teamer. Special, Special teamer. Right. So I did Pro Bowl the Pro Bowl. PJ didn't make the Pro Bowl. Soundhound made the Pro Bowl.
3: Oh Soundhound made the Pro Bowl. Okay. Yeah, he
1: went to Soundhound went to the Pro Bowl.
3: That's two he drinks his water out of, the Pro Bowl.
1: Right. The Pro Bowl. Um uh, Rex Ryan uh, back in town this week. I, Joe was like, "Oh, you know, I kind of wish it was like a full week because there would have been more of this, you know, craziness and stuff." I'm glad it's three days.
3: Yeah, I'm 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 good with all of I this. Mean, really,
1: I got what Joe was saying. Like Joe was like, "You know, who knows what would have happened? Just from an interest right. standpoint, who knows what would have been said?" Right. But enough. I just if I don't have to see his face any longer. Well, luckily is- there'll be
3: another game later in the season. That he doesn't yeah, a full week. Season. Last yeah, game That should season. be. That should be fun. With potentially the playoffs on the line. For both teams. Do
1: they win this game tomorrow night? Yes. Wow.
3: I did yeah, not see that coming. Win. Wow. Now, again, I'm, I might not be the best person to make that proclamation, having watched one full game.
1: Would you feel that the mayor is the best person to make a proclamation?
3: To not bring your politics into this conversation. Well, no, it's just any mayor. It Doesn't have to be. He's a not your mayor. mayor. He's not my mayor anymore. He's not my mayor either. For, <laughs> really? <laughs> no, he's not. I, any mayor,
1: any proclamation involves a mayor. A mayor or it's governor.
3: That could be governor. It's gubernatorial too. It is. It's gubernatorial. It's mayorial. It's not, it's not governatorial. It's just it's gubernatorial. Is it senatorial? A proclamation? No. No. Definitely. No, because not. you can really a proclamation is only like today is National Waffle Day or something like that. I proclaim today to be <laughs> uh Rex Ryan Day. And really that's a local a local politician can, pro, I mean, can right. proclaim things.
1: Or like I proclaim this to be It's got to day. come
4: from an executive. There it is. There could be a presidential proclamation. It's got to be an executive.
1: But if you <sighs> think of proclamation, do you think of the president or do you think of a mayor?
4: I think of a mayor.
3: I also right? think of I also think of like a general manager of a Stop and Shop.
4: <laughs> I see right? a mayor in a long coat,
3: in a top hat,
4: <laughs> top hat, wearing wearing gloves. On a day where you you're, probably don't need gloves.
3: You're thinking of Groundhog's Day, I think. That's what you're, you're seeing. Ryan Doyle Murray.
1: Who, <laughs> let's face it, should be the mayor all the time. Any any comedy at least. <laughs> Wait. I hear my claim
0: this day, Groundhog Day.
1: Instant stand impression. Brian Doyle Murray in Groundhog Day. Did not see that. Now is it Groundhog Day or Groundhog's
3: Day? Singular. Sensation. Every little step she takes. Wait, is the movie the movie is singular, right? The
1: movie is singular, yes.
3: Groundhog. Day. The cell phone service is singular too. But I, how, many, how many people pronounce it Groundhog's Day? Everybody else pronounces it,
4: but everybody says that, right? Everybody does. No PJ, one. Not know. What PJ, does. what PJ doesn't. No one I know does.
3: PJ, you does. wouldn't surround yourself with people that do that, though.
4: I surround myself with a higher class person.
1: I hereby <laughs> proclaim that in my house it shall be Groundhog Day. PJ says while wearing gloves inside at the dining room table. <laughs>
4: Lily, Dan, Tina, please gather around. Where did he get the coat? <laughs> and that scroll. <laughs> it's amazing coat.
1: And when did he learn calligraphy? <laughs> I hereby <laughs> proclaim um, I would walk 500 miles.
0: Okay. What about uh,
1: th- uh, fe- February 14th? How do you pronounce that? Everybody knows that's we've talked about it on the program. That's Valentine's Day, <laughs> right? That's a <laughs> plural. Yes, Valentine's. Valentine's Day because it's Saint Valentine's Day. But apostrophe, yes,
3: yes. apostrophe, yes, because Saint right. Valentine owns the day. Right, it's not that all of the Valentines <laughs> that get passed around; it's their day, with no apostrophe. Are you uh, PJ? Are
1: you a big Valentine's that's Day guy?
4: Out? What?
1: Are you a big Valentine's Day guy? I can't see you being a big anything guy.
4: Let but me I'm answer val- that with another question. Is it a stupid holiday? Yes it is. <laughs> there you go. Therefore we don't do it. Is there you don't do it at all? No with the kids? Not the even kids the kids get don't a, the kids get the The kids get the tiny Snoopy uh candy heart from CBS.
3: It's just one heart. Not That's for little, little.
4: You get a little piece of candy. Sit down.
3: That's it. That's it. Sit down. <laughs> sit down. <laughs> Why is that part of the instructions?
4: That's how I end every exchange with my kids. Now sit down. <laughs> you get a piece of candy. Sit down.
0: But <laughs> wait, wait, wait
1: But it's Valentine's Day. Not in this house. I proclaim that we shall not celebrate valentine's day or valentine's day either one dad's wearing the gloves again
4: oh boy and you're you're, you're right it's it's definitely the apostrophe s valentines it's not yeah. plural valentine's <laughs> it's
3: not many valentines yeah you look you look next time and see how it's how it's portrayed <laughs> by an actor but, by who
4: is there a truth
3: <laughs> Yeah. Jeremy Irons in <laughs> Valentine's Day.
4: That's right.
3: Jeremy that Irons movie? Jeremy Irons is Valentine's Day. He's he's the day.
1: Are there any of those uh those holidays, PJ, that I you can you get behind? Hot.
4: What? <laughs> was that a good Jeremy Irons? That was a great one.
1: Let's put it this way. Any Jeremy Irons is a good Jeremy Irons. <laughs> are are those are there any of those holidays that you do get into or are you just major holiday guy?
4: I like Independence Day.
3: You do like Independence Day. Oh sure. You can you could tell he likes it because he didn't call it the Fourth of July. That's right. He called it by its proper name. He applied the proper reverence to it.
1: I right. declare it's, it's, it's independent
4: okay. apostrophe S. It's the day we celebrate all the independent guys. Ralph Nader. <laughs> That's right.
3: You're Ross Perot, if you will.
4: John Anderson. Ran in nineteen eighty. No one remembers.
1: Who's that now from Yes? No. <laughs> the guy from the guy from Yes ran for president?
4: Did, Different difference, John Anderson.
0: And my first (laughs) tax president.
4: He said his platform, but couldn't understand a word of it. It was all just too high. (laughs) It's all in this weird falsetto. (laughs) We shall cut taxes.
1: (laughs) Uh And did he, uh, (laughs) and it was his campaign was completely progressive. Um oh! Thank you. Um could, could, couldn't wait to get that one out of my mouth. Wow. Um <laughs> it I I sort of love the idea of independence apostrophe S Day. <laughs> See uh, but I we've already talked about Halloween. What are the other stupid holidays? Like what are the greeting card holidays? What do you guys do with St Patrick's Day? Oh, there's, okay, St. Patrick's Day. Not a lot of Irish in either of your households, right? Uh, there's some in mine. Okay. But it's Texas Irish, so, yeah, it doesn't really count. No.
4: I make cabbage.
1: <laughs> That's is, is, it safe, is it safe to say that anything that goes on for these sort of, these uh, these outlier holidays
4: has to do with food? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay.
3: You Easy you know, your cabbage, sit down. Can we eat your
4: cabbage, sit down? That's right. Easy your cabbage, now sit down. We don't need cabbage, sit down. <laughs> a lot of sitting down over here.
1: Can we all agree that? Well, what are the major holidays? Can we all just, can we, can we just, there's
4: really, what, three? The ones that we don't do or the ones that we do?
1: No, the, I mean, the, the big three.
4: You we do, do Christmas.
1: You you got your July 4th, you got your Thanksgiving, and you got Christmas.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, we don't call it Christmas anymore. We just call it holiday. We don't want to offend oh. the neighbors. That's great. We just, you we just you wake up in the morning. You. We're like, we just give each other a nod, and we're like, holiday? A holiday to you, too.
1: <laughs> have you taken all the Christmas trees off your coffee cups?
4: Uh, we just threw out the coffee cups.
1: Yeah, I just <laughs> threw out, out a bunch because they, they had Christmas trees <laughs> on them. I didn't want to offend Wesley.
4: I didn't want didn't
1: want to risk anything. <laughs> oh, push your politics somewhere else, man. Uh, that is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my life. Anyway, moving on. Um, the uh, the so the, you would, the,
3: you would say the Fourth of July or Independence Day is the third, is number three on the list.
4: Yes, we do Easter as well and New Year's New Year's Eve. Easter,
3: Easter is way more
4: of a
1: religious holiday to me. Like then you got to put Passover in there. Like I'm talking about not just us, right. but like America. America in the,
4: um, you know I know. I I'm thought you asking be- which ones get done in my house. That's oh, what that's I thought you were saying.
1: talking about. I, you know what I was trying to do, guys. Honestly, was like a combo. Like, which gets done in your house, but also in the, you know, the popular Zeitgeist. In the line. Zeitgeist. Yeah, like there's. There, I just wanted to get Zeitgeist in there. There's uh. <laughs> I by the way, so far, like in the last 15 minutes, we've gotten like five of my favorite words in. We got zeitgeist, we got gubernatorial. We, I mean, we're having a party over proclamation. This is great. No, but well, in your house though, that's fine. What's like Halloween is not a big one in this house. It's not. It's we don't. Teresa and I don't get dressed up. We don't do the thing. No, that's okay. The kids, you know, candy and trick or treating, fine. But Halloween's not a big one. So what do you have as the, page? what do you have as the major
4: ones? Christmas, New Year's, my birthday. My birthday is probably the biggest holiday in our family.
0: I proclaim.
4: (laughs) Because I am such an overwhelming crybaby about my birthday every year. Yes, I know this. It lingers for weeks. My sister's what? birthday is 5 yeah. weeks later. And when we get together, she asks me, are we done with your birthday yet? <laughs> <laughs> and I say, sort of sort of. I don't I don't I will let you know
1: after dinner. That's what you say.
4: Right.
1: I'll <laughs> tell you after we've had Let's this see meal. How
4: if I see that she's getting too much attention on her birthday, I'll still I'll bring it up. But my birthday was also recently celebrated. <laughs> just FYI, guys,
3: five weeks ago. Just a reminder. <laughs> just put it back out there.
4: Remember, remember my cake, Mom? Remember my cake? That was That's a crazy. good cake, right? It
3: was like
1: 20 minutes ago, yes.
4: Um, my cake's so the best, right?
1: You go. You go Easter... So the year starts with your, because your birthday is January 5th. The year starts with your birthday. Yeah. Holiday season begins January 5th.
3: (laughs) After Christmas.
1: That's right. That's That's right. That's when they have a calendar in his house that says only 364 more days until dad's birthday. Yeah. (laughs)
3: 364 more shopping days That goes up on January 6th
4: You know what's a phony one? Grandparents Day Don't like it
1: Yeah They need need a day?
4: We don't celebrate it I don't buy cards Nothing
1: Never bought a card for Grandparents Day
4: Don't tell me it's Grandparents
1: Day Shut up About, About Mother's
3: and Father's Day
4: Mother's,
1: mother's
3: Day Mother's Day is enormous over here. Yeah, it is it huge. huge? Enormous.
4: Huge.
1: Don't you guys feel like those those days have gotten those mothers and father's days have gotten way bigger than they when we were kids? Fa- father's
3: Day certainly is not. <laughs> mother's Day has not grown exponentially no. with Mother's Day. No. That's yeah, sure. No, it's true. Not, not commensurate with uh, commensurate. There's another one for you.
1: There's
0: another.
3: Yeah. There's another great word. Yeah, Pej, what goes on? All right, give me give me the rundown, boys. Give
1: me Page, Give me your Mother's Day. What's going on over there? Are there are balloons. Is there a hot air balloon? Is there a regular balloons? I, are there balloons?
4: Um, there's decorating. I won't say balloons, but there's there is decorating. May, there may be okay. bunting. There may be flowers. There may be um, there may be colored uh, tablecloth, different kind of tablecloth gets on the put on the table, you know, Ooh. festive. Sure. Uh, there's a presentation of flowers. There's a presentation of breakfast. There is a long procession of gifts. Some of the gifts definitely have to be planted or you know brought to other venues to be enjoyed, like tickets. Wow. It's huge. It's bigger than her birthday. Mother's Day is enormous. Wow. Cal, what's going on over there?
3: Um, The the balloons start being blown up at about three o'clock in the morning, Steve, for the parade. <laughs> yeah, you ever, you ever see those those night before Thanksgiving shots? Right. right. Like in the city. That's Cal in the backyard. That's, yeah. <laughs> we always we always have a uh, a field reporter on hand to to
4: check on the <laughs> progress. We've been running the air compressor all night.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Live <laughs> from Mother's reporter.
4: Day headquarters, it's
3: Cynthia Santana, Fox News. <laughs> Cynthia Santana. <laughs> yeah, please I was just going to say please say it right. Cynthia Santana. Cynthia Santana. <laughs>
1: Live from um, the Calvi residence, it's Cynthia Santana. Fox five news.
3: I turned her into Jeremy Schaap.
1: <laughs> Jeremy Schaap.
3: Yeah. Um This Mother's Day is blowing up.
0: <laughs> is blowing
3: up the balloon. <laughs> so they do teasers and bumpers on the eleven o'clock news the night before? Yeah. Right. It'll be one shield. Never forget. It is does it involve a restaurant for either of you? Is out to dinner uh, a given? Yes, because no. that's, for me that's the second half of the day. Because the first half of the day is my wife, the mother. The second half of the day is my mother-in-law, the mother. So it, it's like a double. It's like the old Banner Day double headers that they used to do. Use <laughs> it's, it's a so day. day it's night like a two It's like two full holidays, squeezed into one day.
1: Right. And where does your mom get in on the action there?
3: Eventually, we we get around to her. Wow, she gets a call. I mean, I, I give her a call, but um, quite frankly, I just I don't have the time with two holidays <laughs> in one day to squeeze her in. It just doesn't work.
4: Cal, Cal makes an extremely good point. We have to usually we have to give my mother the Saturday, right? So I'll give the entire Saturday to my mom, and then Sunday is for my wife and her mom. That's right.
1: So, so wife and mother-in-law get actual day, day of.
3: Well, mother's mother, of course.
1: Right.
4: Your short, mother, short shrift. But uh, no, it's it's it, it, that, that my mom's okay. Well, what, what's important is that I lose every hour of the weekend. That's what's exactly. important. Right. And the Friday
3: in preparation as well.
4: Right. I don't have time to do anything. I skip medications. The kids don't get to go to soccer games. It's all Mother's Day.
1: Are we sure at some point this hasn't evolved into like a Hasidic Jewish holiday of some sort? It sounds like you guys
3: really have a lot of ritual to adhere to.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: well, there's
3: every on the Sunday morning, there's, of course, the 90-minute preparation of the breakfast in bed. Right. That the kids have to do the preparation. Sure. Yeah. And because I mean, it's luckily a re- they're getting they're getting old. Movie cliche. Yeah, it's a movie cliche. Well, now they can cook a little bit at least. Well, now they could bear they can barely crack the eggs at this point. Right. So, but do you, do, they your are kids, do, do,
1: they, do your kids do the make the breakfast in bed? Peach.
4: My kids could open a restaurant.
1: <laughs> well, I know that. But I'm saying, and they do every Mother's Day.
4: Yeah, they, op- they do.
1: They open a restaurant.
4: They use they every mixing mother. bowl that's available. Right. <laughs> They're throwing things together. Very cool. elaborate breakfast.
1: And and then a restaurant that night that that involves the mother. I'm fascinated by this. You guys understand that my mother in law lives in Texas, and my mother lives in Florida. So right. I don't have these these. I don't have these. Uh, you know, we go to a Met game on Mother's Day.
3: Mm. Wow! Wow!
1: That's I can't watch a Met
3: game on Mother's Day.
1: That's our Mother's Day tradition. We we go to a Met game. TV. Yeah. I am not trying to brag. <laughs> got lucky. How yeah. didn't be, because it's my birthday? I always birthday. want to
4: know how we got here. How Mother we got Day? where? <laughs> oh, that's right. That that that's always right near your birthday. It is.
1: Sometimes it's on my birthday. Mm. So and the then one year takes
3: priority over Mother's Day. No, the one year it can't be on your birthday can only... It's Mother's Day is the second Sunday of May. First Sunday. So the... Er, second. First. Second.
4: Second.
1: Well, there was one year where... It was like the 8th. Yeah, that's the early... It could, it could be the 8th. And my birthday is the 6th, which is the Friday. Without <coughs> sense, that's your birthday weekend. Right. And so we... Right. She got right. tickets to the game for me. They for call that, they call that
4: San Day. Pietro Easter because it's a good Friday. Lost <clears throat> <laughs> Saturday.
3: Yep. And a Mets game on Sunday. And a Mets game Monday. on Sunday.
1: Now she it, it actually worked out well because the Mets do a nice job with Mother's Day and stuff, and we go to a ball game, and we take the kids. That was that mm. was Wesley's, Wesley's
3: first baseball game. It was Mother's Day was Mother's Day. He was like six months old. You see, that's nice. That's a thing that you have, which is nice. That is a thing that we have, yes. Yeah. And
1: also, we don't have the,
3: the the requirements
1: that you guys do. We don't have mother-in-laws or mothers here. Mm. You know what I mean? So, I, I, I hey, look, I lucked out, all right? What do you want from me? Is it always the same <laughs> restaurant? No. So we moved that around,
3: too, huh? Yeah, in fact... A lot of times you don't know until like last minute where it's gonna be right i, Could be I you know.
4: don't I don't do restaurants I cook
1: you so you're 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 doing the dinner then
4: oh yeah, <clears throat> and the kids make the big
1: elaborate breakfast you make the big elaborate dinner,
0: yeah,
1: wow, and you get a gift for Tina for
3: Mother's Day too. What 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 was
4: that? Was that singular gift?
3: And then a no apostrophe S. No.
1: Alright, so what's going on for Father's Day then? Yes. Uh
3: f- for me I'm, Yeah. No, for me Father's Day generally is the day we celebrate my daughter's birthday. And I barbecue for everybody coming over for her birthday. Oh,
0: that's
3: right. Sweet. Right. So Father's Day gets sort of trumped by by your daughter's birthday. I mean, I get I I typically get like something that they picked up in Target the day before so they could have something to give me on <laughs> Father's Day morning, right? But whereas whereas the breakfast the breakfast preparation on Mother's Day takes about 90 minutes, the entire Father's Day celebration takes about 6 <laughs> Six to eight minutes? On Sunday morning. Yeah, right. Yeah. On a Sunday morning. And, and then, then you, it's have on to to,
1: go, you have to go play at a barbecue.
3: Let's get ready for the for the party. Right. That's right.
1: Right. Happy Father's Day. Now go cook. Sit down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> is, that what, is that what they tell you on Father's Day, Peach? Here. Here's your tie. Sit down.
4: Father's Day for me, usually uh, I'm woken up by my wife at about nine and she says "Uh, I'm sorry we forgot forgot to tell the kids to get you something and I didn't get them anything for you and I totally forgot this weekend was Father's Day. Right. So what do you want for breakfast? And I'll say an omelet and then she'll (laughs) say you know you don't like the way I make your omelets. Why don't you make it? <laughs> so I'll make the omelet, then get back in bed with your omelet. She'll bring and she, no, and then she'll bring me the omelet oh, with coffee that you have made Father's Day.
3: And and you pretend omelet. like you hadn't been out of bed yet, right? <laughs> the, the omelet that you
1: were forced to make. <laughs> you. You then get to go back in bed, and enjoy. That's right. That sounds great. And that's, that's it. Right. That's the day. That's the day.
4: Sit out. Oh, no, but then 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 we go and cater to her father for nineteen straight hours.
1: <laughs> I'm, brought
4: telethon, I'm brought somewhere. Tell us on.
1: Tell us <laughs> <laughs> We go and and cater to her father
3: for for a good full 24 hours. Pretty much. Like in full catering company outfit, (laughs) right? Like everybody's wearing all white,
1: carrying chafing dishes into the house.
4: Yeah. (laughs) We go and pick up. Usually you have to pick up some sort of gift that was ordered special and it's like waiting at the customer service desk of some expensive store.
1: Wait, 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 wait. What? I forgot to tell the kids about it. I forgot it was this weekend. I didn't get anything for the kids to get you. Right. But four months ago, (laughs) I ordered this on Etsy, and it's being delivered by boat (laughs) here today just to be ready for two o'clock after the Swedish meatballs have gone out. Obviously you have the Swedish meatballs ready, right?
4: If you only knew how close to accurate you were right now, <laughs> Wow, that's really, that's really close to the mark. She, well, because she, she has a brother and a sister, so they get together and they plan a large scale father's day gift every year.
3: Is that a guilt thing?
4: It's, just, it's how they were trained.
1: Really? Yeah. I'm I'm doing I'm doing
4: it all wrong. I'm doing it all wrong. I never had a chance.
1: Yeah. There's there's no training going on here. <laughs> <laughs> there's no. I mean, Father's Day is not bad. It's it's it's. You know, I can't complain because I get to go to a mech game on Mother's Day. But I make sure that the kids have you know gifts and cards and stuff for Teresa and. You know, we we generally have a nice day. It's just low impact. Like, Father's Day is low impact as well. You know? Like, it's just... Try to see my dad. Her dad's in Texas. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I don't know. We We just don't make a big deal out of most holidays, <laughs> I guess. And the boys always get me something. Like, she has them get me something really nice, like a picture frame or something. You know? Something that took yeah. some thought. But, but they uh, out. I stopped getting my dad gifts like a while ago. I was just like, because you don't like anything I'm getting you, and my know. kids There's... have
4: made me some stunning gifts that are just wonderful, and you know, and I keep them. My dad yeah. requires high tech every Father's Day. <laughs> I've gotten him turntables. And...
1: Is there an expectation that because my dad oddly has an expectation for? Father's Day as well that I don't have. Like, is it an a... How's Ralph? Is Ralph like that? Does he expect something
3: for Father's Day? No. As a matter of Raising fact, 50? we we still have his um his his uh, flip flops for Father's Day. We never got to him this year. So, <laughs> so if you're listening, Dad, you got a pair of flip flops coming your way.
4: <laughs> They're under the porch.
3: Christmas is coming.
4: Come In get the them when you're ready.
3: I mean, it's cold now. <laughs> it's not going to do them any good. Sorry, uh, sorry we missed summer and everything. But uh, they're
1: really nice. Tommy Bahama. They are nice. I have, I have
3: the same pair. So they... I <laughs> yeah, bet you got yours. But I you got, got, got mine. No, I bought them for myself. You guys...
1: So, what other holidays have are huge for you guys now? That I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. The only things we really go big on are like Thanksgiving and Christmas and Fourth of July. Oddly, and Independence Day Easter. It's like a big, big bar. Eh, yeah, not really. Yeah, I not know. Much, not much going on here. I mean, we celebrate it, and the boys know it's Easter and stuff, and they get baskets and. Candy do they get stuff. sticker
3: books? Sticker books, yes, they have. The
1: baseball
4: yeah. cards, the baseball stickers.
1: Yeah. Is Easter it's big we at your your house, Peach? It's a meal. Yeah, it's a meal, I would say, for it's us. It's a
4: reason to have 15 people over and eat for seven hours, which is what we really specialize in.
1: Yeah, what we really want to do anyway.
4: Right.
3: you got to go to church, though, Cal, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But we have gotten away from dressing the girls up in matching Easter outfits. So when they get older, you don't have to continue with that nonsense.
4: Do you wear an Easter bonnet?
3: I do. I have a
1: problem with uh, holiday clothing. Glad you brought this up.
3: Like Santa Claus?
1: No. (laughs) This is going to sound really odd. But so you spend holidays generally. Let's just take Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? You generally spend holidays with the same people. You spend it with your families, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you're going to see them twice for a special event in the span of like four weeks, right? I am very particular about my outfits for those occasions. Go on. I have a very limited wardrobe. There's not a lot going, not a lot gets added, not a lot gets taken out. Okay. So I will, like we got Thanksgiving coming up in a couple of weeks, I have already begun to think about, is there something new I can wear? Can I bring mm. something new to the table? Because I'm going to my brother's, the same as I have for 12 years. And so you're looking to change up from year to
3: year? That's right. So because you wore something in 2014, you cannot return wearing the same thing a year later. Correct.
4: Add a blazer. And. <laughs>
3: that's right. Dear PJ. Bla- blazer on off every other year. Blazer this year, no blazer next year. No,
1: you guys have a right. point. There's two reasons here. One, you got to see the same people four weeks later. Again, very limited wardrobe, right? And maybe what I wore for Christmas in 2009, which I still have, I might wear for Thanksgiving in 2015. And you guys are missing the key point here. Pictures.
4: No one's looking at those pictures. Wait, what?
3: No one's looking at
4: your pictures.
3: Come on. No, it just takes up hard drive space now these days. That's right. For when you yeah. die. No one's looking at the picture. Wow. Uh, thanks, Cal. No. Okay. Next week, well, I'm ready to
4: unload The existential horror. He's right. It's all going into this huge forgotten archive. That's where all that's of our people are the... going. Right. No one cares. Least of all your children. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Do
1: you think that if you had... We'll get back to my clothing issues in a minute. Do you think that if you had access, so let's let's say that our parents, when we were Wesley and Casey's age, right? So we were five and two, and our parents had iPhones and took the pictures that we're taking. Right. Do you think right now you wouldn't look at them? Because I totally no. would. I totally would. I don't think I would. I am fascinated by pictures of not just myself, but like my parents and like <laughs> I am, like of my brother and stuff and like my brother and yeah, I. But your, like,
4: your parents didn't take pictures of every blessed thing. They didn't take any pictures of me they 10 were, to 20 a day, like they we were do over now. Them.
1: Yeah, but wouldn't you love yeah, like, a record of... There's of, no like, photo archive
4: like, of me until kindergarten, Steve.
1: Yeah, well, because we're younger.
4: Yeah. Scott, there are pictures of Scott.
1: I I mean, it, it's it's it was, it was it was as if they had hired an archivist. Yep. <laughs> like they were a fraternity <laughs> with a historian. Yes. Was the like, family biographer lived with yeah. them for three
4: years until you
1: were... Back. Like so Peter Graves cool. was, like, in the living room. Yeah. With Scott at all times. And then I came along, there's like six pictures of me.
3: And he's in every one of them, right?
1: And he's right, that's right. Oh, look at Scott holding the camera in that one. But it's, it's, I don't take 20 pictures a day of my kids. I don't take 20 pictures a day. Wouldn't you be fascinated to see a movie of yourself from like when you were three? Like our I've kids are gonna them. know our kids are gonna know what they sounded like when they were three years old.
4: Yeah, that's very cool. That is cool. That, that would be cool. There's about ten seconds of moving footage of me before 1975, and it is interesting to look at. But I think I've looked at it, you know, maybe five times in my life.
1: Yeah, right. I'm not saying
3: you're gonna look at it every day, Cal. You're shaking your head, yes, right? Like in Yeah, same thing. I've seen. I've seen it. It exists, and that's it. I'm I'm good. I'm probably not going to go back to it. I I, I this is a
1: another thing. I find pictures fascinating. Here's like the other I, thing: like I'm obsessed with
3: pictures. And I don't know if this is what PJ meant before about your kids don't care. Like you think, hey, come check out Daddy when he was your age. Oh they, no, they don't give a crap about that.
1: Yeah, they you don't care. What? I disagree. Or I haven't had that experience.
3: Well, you haven't had that. Well, they're still little. Wait wait till no, they have them. Wesley,
1: Wesley like a, a couple weeks ago, I have one. We found some um, reel-to-reels at my mother's house like seven or eight years ago. Um, you know, like old Super 8 or whatever. And my Uncle Tom had them made into DVD, like put on a DVD. Right? Right. And there's, there's uh, you know... Um, What do you call it? Eight millimeter of me like at like two, like two and a half, like running around my backyard, mostly with Scott. Scott is definitely the star of the movie. I definitely have like, I'm like fourth or fifth on the call sheet. Let's put it that way. (laughs) But it's me, and I showed it to Wesley, and he was fascinated Mm. by looking at me at that age at almost the same age as him. You know? But that was, I I don't know, maybe that was unique or whatever. And then there was there's some Super Eight of us at like 13 playing football in my backyard, or 12 playing football my, with Kevin, who was just on the show. And uh, and Wesley was like, oh, that's okay, but he wasn't as interested as he was in seeing me at two and a half. Yeah. I guess he couldn't relate to like the 13 year old me or the 12 year old me, but the two and a half year old me. He was like, wow, I just did that. And Scott was like. <laughs> And of course, Scott in his starring role. He, <laughs> he, li- he, literally, he literally knocks me out of frame, like in three of the movies. <laughs> he pushes me, like, I'm getting oh, the attention true. on the camera, and he pushes me out of frame and does something like, you know, does some sort of like monkey act or something. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I. I think it's going is to be there, really fascinating for our kids to see what we've archived of them.
4: Except because that the ability. cloud's going to collapse and it's all going to disappear. Well, there's that. There is that. Get some hard copies.
1: Back to my clothing issue. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't have to go back to my obsessive, <laughs> obsessive. Oh, no, well,
4: wait a minute. What's what? I, this is interesting because I want. What is ex, the acceptable outfit? For seeing family, family that you see often, it's a great call. Uh, on, on the holiday, is it? Is it? Do you wear a suit? Is it a suit jacket? Is it a blazer? Or is it, is it scaled down now?
1: I'm not. I've never Especially been. Especially
4: when you have kids.
1: I think I've done blazer. I think I did blazer once, and it was like in my twenties and my sort of. I'm an artist and an actor, kind of phase. And I think I had it on for like four minutes, and Scott was like, What are you doing? Like, I think I totally got called out on it. Wow. Like, or, or, like, one of my uncles, you know, back when Uncle Vinny used to talk to me, uh, you know, was probably like, All right, take it easy, Kerouac. Go ahead and take the jacket off. Can we, you know, we, 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 get we get it. We get it. You're an actor. We got it. You know, so it's definitely not blazer for me. Cal, do you do, if I, I have other relatives that like just don't care. Like just wearing, you know, shorts and like a t-shirt, like they just are.
4: Mm. Yeah. That does not fly in my house.
1: Dungarees? Are you allowed to wear dungarees, Pete? You have
4: to ask, you have to ask permission to wear denim on a holiday. You got to get, get dungaree permission? Yes. Otherwise, you, you know, slacks, Dockers, Dentist. something with buttons. First of all, wow. You're not you're not putting on a pullover. It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> We're going to your grandmother's. Put on a button down. Let's go. Sit down. Cal, you go button sit down. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's on. Sit down. Because if Have you wrinkle surf. it, I'm going to be mad. What,
3: Cal? You go button down. Yeah, I'll probably button down in jeans. We're jeans. We're casual now. Yeah, we've gone to jeans. It's and then PJ nailed it. Once once you start having kids, it's like, all right, no, no, we we are just the mechanism to get the kids to the holiday. Nobody <laughs> cares about us anymore.
1: Yeah. you're completely a delivery system. That's all you. That's are.
3: all. That's all we are. You, you know, you want to stay and have something to eat. Go ahead, but you know, just keep, <laughs> but
4: you, keep quiet. Do you find that you're dressing up the kids for the grandparents, and that the grandparents are dressing up for the kids, and then you're no, just no, there in the middle?
3: No, it, it, was, it was like that, but now it's not. Now it's they're they're old enough now where they just put put on whatever they want. You're in a entire no man's land. I'm <laughs> like yeah. I, I have
1: I'm wearing I'm wearing jeans, but I also have on a really nice
3: uh, sweater, and then I I don't know where we could to go. be in chicken suits. It wouldn't have mattered, right? Nobody nobody would have batted batted an eyelash And I'm wearing a fedora
1: for some reason I don't know what happened there But
4: society is (laughs) collapsing I
1: I try to go slacks But I must confess to wearing That's the other problem I only have like four pairs of jeans I'm wearing the same jeans To to Christmas and Thanksgiving For a number of years now as well So that's a problem I'm telling you guys, I am thinking about my Thanksgiving outfit right now.
4: Be a of that, that <laughs> get, get something with the comfort waste.
1: Yeah. The, the pregnancy waste? Yeah, but
4: we're returning. It's the pregnancy waste for men. It's called the comfort waist.
1: The comfort waste. Yeah, I... Uh, Boy, I can't wait for Thanksgiving. I'm kind of excited. A couple weeks, boys.
3: Two weeks from tomorrow. That's crazy. How'd that happen?
1: Well, uh, what happens, Brian, is time uh, marches mm. on and waits for no man. Right. I had a whole other uh, fun load idea, but uh, we got on holidays somehow.
3: What was your oh, fun have- load idea?
1: We'll have to do it next week. Okay. Tune in next week. Good. I
4: the, have a whole list of fun load ideas.
3: Ooh, tune in in two weeks. And then tune in for the
4: subsequent uh, 14 weeks. I won't be here. It's Thanksgiving.
3: Weeks, I this is Wednesday. It's not that's, Thanksgiving.
4: That's when I have to drive to the place. Oh, the, bi-
3: the biggest going out night of the year. Yes. The
1: greatest uh, going out night of the year it is. I'm but going out on that on that Wednesday night. Oh. Really? Yeah, I'm
3: going out. Yeah, big time. Wow.
1: Yeah. I'm a huge star.
3: What happens in New Hope on uh... Don't know. First time. Wow. Good get Loco S.A.
1: That's all I know. They I are think uh, the carols. Yeah, there are a ton of uh winter type uh Christmassy type things. Pageants? There is a uh, a Christmas parade, there is a tree lighting, there is a um and we live right near Shadybrook Farms. Ooh, the Shadybrook Shady Farms. The the Shadybrook Farms. Yes. Um they have like a huge uh festival of lights. Um and then I live right near a uh Lenape Indian uh farm that has an old-style railroad. Like a little train, not a railroad. <laughs> They're not shipping stuff.
3: (laughs) They have a whole transportation (laughs) system.
1: It's like a little, you know, train, like a little steam train that goes around the yard. And they have all Christmas trees there as well. Carousel Village, it's called. So there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. And that's that's just
4: new new town. I would hate to do any of that. I'd complain through all of it. Uh you call this a train?
0: Whatever.
4: Just just tell me how long I gotta stand outside for this. I just I just wanna know if
3: you wind up caroling next to someone you don't know. <laughs> well that's that's the real test. <laughs> that's the real marker. I I predict yes in New Hope.
1: I say there's a well it probably New Hope, yeah. Maybe not in Newtown.
3: What's New Town? That's where I. Uh, that's where I live. No, New Hope. New <laughs> no. Hope. No, this. I think
4: we're all agree it's New Hope.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: no, no, no. Pretty, pretty sure it's New Town.
4: Do Does anybody... you remember?
3: Get ahead, Peter. Yeah.
4: I was going to so ask so if I'm... anybody has bought any early Christmas gifts. That's all. What kind of Christmas gifts? Has anybody started buying Christmas <laughs> gifts
3: yet? Early, he said. Er, I, yeah, I missed, I'm sorry. <laughs> has anybody, I has anybody
1: bought any Earl Scheib Christmas gifts?
3: Any curly gift
1: Christmas gifts? Any, any, any curly? <laughs> uh, I have bought one gift. Yeah, I'm not at liberty to say. Uh, he may listen to the program. Mm. He may be my Mm. (laughs) co-host He may be my co-host I'm not saying he is my co-host You know who's listening to
4: the program now Is my dear old dad Is he really? Yeah Well this
1: is an awesome time to say uh, Happy Veterans Day
4: To your dad
1: And thank him very very much For his service to our country So Mr. C, thank you very much. He's the man. He is the man. I'd still like to know where he was on what, <laughs> he November, November 23rd, 1953.
4: <laughs> he can't talk about it. You can try. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I know
1: where he was. He'll just uh, look
4: at you and nod his head. Yep.
1: DJ final unload.
4: Guns N' Roses has announced that they're going to be announcing four dates, <laughs> reuniting in 2016. And I just want to be the first to say, not interested? <laughs> you had your shot. You had your shot uh-huh. years ago. The big comeback, you blew it. No one cares. Anybody who does care is going to go, and you're going to suck. Was it a Merry proclamation? Christmas. Did they make a proclamation? I'm putting on my long coat to say this. here <laughs> hereby decree the Guns N' Roses tour will be a failure.
3: Sit down. Yes. Sit down. Cal, file on those. Do you know that they put the Christmas tree up in Rockefeller Center already? Do you know that?
4: The tree is up, yeah well, it takes the it Christmas takes that tree. long to, to string up,
3: I understand that, but it's i the Mets were just playing baseball nine days ago, <laughs> and the freaking Christmas tree is up now too soon, uh, just everything is just moving way too fast, way too fast, so oh let's uh, yeah, let's all just take a breath, slow down a little bit when you get a chance, all right, too much to ask
4: maybe
3: (laughs) pump the brakes. You can't
4: slow down. They got to light it in three weeks. What are you talking about? They got to do it now. This is the time. (laughs) (laughs) Too much. And my final unload is
1: uh, once again, happy veterans day. Uh, I know I echo the sentiment of the guys. When I say we all know uh, and love people who served our country. And no matter what your politics, what your beliefs are, um, You owe a debt of gratitude to those who served this country and uh, gave so much to protect our freedom. So thank you. Happy Veterans Day to everyone. All right. That is all the time we have, and that is all the music we have. We're out of music. Cal,
3: what am I going to wear?
1: Can we make this a segment?
3: What Steve is wearing?
4: What yeah, Steve please. Gonna wear
1: to Thanksgiving,
4: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend patent leather shoes, <laughs> light colored pants, and a dark blazer.
1: As if my brother's Mister Blackwell too. Like nobody, I could walk in in a potato sack. Nobody would say a word. Oh, you're here. Oh, great. Where are the children? You're exactly right, Cal. We could be in could be in chicken costumes. It wouldn't make a really difference.
3: wouldn't matter. No. <laughs> oh, you're the
1: San Diego chicken this year for Christmas? Oh, that's great. That's awesome.
3: Oh, that's great. Oh, and Teresa's <laughs> the Philly fanatic. Oh, that's awesome. That's good of you guys. Oh, you're, you're blocking the kids. Can you move out yeah. of the
4: way, please? Please get <laughs> out of the way. I'm trying yeah. to I'm trying We're to, trying the to kids. take 50 pictures, please. Right, right. <laughs> that no one will ever see. All right. No good
1: one.
3: night, boys. See, see Bye. you. Bye. Bye.